Talk Live. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. If you want to join the show, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Uh, Lots of things, of course, uh, in the news to talk about. Coming up here tonight, uh, we will get into leg lengthening. Apparently, people want to make themselves taller. Which is surprising. You know, I know there are a lot of surgical options out there to make mm-hmm. someone feel better about their body, but there were some things that I just assumed would be beyond the possibilities of current medical technology. Like, I'm a trans woman. For those who aren't yeah. listening on radio may not be aware, my shoulders are broad. Mm-hmm. I would love some sort of... I wouldn't do it now. Having had surgeries in the past, I know it's not worth it, but yeah. I would love for there to exist some shoulder narrowing surgery, but mm-hmm. I mean... Such a thing as like redesigning your entire body. At that point, it's easier to grow a new body and have your brain transplanted into it. So I would just assume that shoulder narrowing surgery and leg lengthening surgeries and things like that just are beyond current medical technology. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Apparently not. Yeah, I thought the same thing before I read this article that I just didn't think that that was possible. As long as you're willing to, you know, do some seriously invasive surgery, I mean, I guess things are possible. We can get into that coming up here in a little bit. Uh, But last week, there was a story that I thought really was worth talking about. And one of these international stories of interest, and it's surprisingly uplifting considering where it's coming from, which is the so-called People's Republic of Communist China. And, uh, of course, we did see some fairly good news coming out of China over the last several weeks where there were major protests within the last couple of months there uh, to go against the various different COVID restrictions. If you've been listening to the show, you know that uh, China had what they called the quote-unquote zero COVID policy, and that's what led to Shanghai and other areas of China being locked down for months. Weren't and it didn't. billions of people locked down? Or at least like well, hundreds of millions. Yeah, millions of people for sure. I mean, just Shanghai alone was twenty five million. Yeah, uh, it, it didn't work. No, right? Well, it didn't work because the numbers of COVID kept happening, despite the fact that they were literally throwing people into quarantine camps, building tremendously large quarantine camps. I mean, this is one of the scariest parts: is they they have these quarantine camps now, and they are able to use them for whatever reason they want to. so I thought the thing with China was that the camps they had constructed were like very temporary, very rough, very thrown together and within 10 yeah, or 15 days. That's they- weird though, because like I've heard stories since way before COVID-19 was a thing, like, I don't know, in 2015 from like conspiracy theory type places that were saying like, what is this ghost town that china's government just constructed in the middle of nowhere like why did they oh, create why did, I know are they just about the cities using, yeah the they full just size cities yeah like a whole bunches of apartments and it's like yeah that was a really interesting thing that was like what a, seven or eight years ago or something like that it seems like now at this point why they, didn't they just use those well why did the u.s construct mock villages and towns and cities it was to test weapons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i suspect the Chinese government had the same reasons. Well, the the villi- the, uh, the cities that they were talking about, if I recall, because we did cover them here on, on Free Talk Live, was like just central planning to the extreme. So essentially China built cities expecting that they could like make them into something 
sort of without any natural uh, oh, growth. Some bureaucrat in China just had never played The Sims before and was like, I'm going to play Sim City, but with like real <laughs> yeah. people. It right. seems like that is the government excuse. And the real reason would be more nefarious. Could be. I don't know whatever became of those cities. I wonder if I they no did idea. use them during COVID. Maybe we just didn't hear about it. We, I don't know. Maybe they're still sitting there empty. I have no idea. But uh, the cities weren't build, built like the COVID camps were for total monitoring, total lockdown. They, they literally mm-hmm. just built cities expecting that, well, if you build it, they'll come, right? So like they figured they would turn these new It properties. worked for Kevin Costner. What, which movie? Uh, the one where they said, if you build it, they will come. What was the name of that movie? I don't know what that's from, actually. Uh, was it the baseball one? Yeah. What, was that where that yeah. quote came from? Uh-huh. If you build it, they will come. But I, I, I cannot forget. That's it. Thank you. Yes. I didn't oh, see I it. Seen I, it. So I, yeah, I, don't I haven't seen this since it. I was like four, maybe five years old. But yeah, that's definitely where that quote came from. Huh. Well, it didn't work out, I don't think, for those those cities. But that wasn't the sto- uh, story here. So again, they had uh, the COVID restrictions. They were the worst, at least... That we were aware of as far as worldwide, the Chinese COVID restrictions were the worst. We saw people jumping off their balconies from their apartment complexes, killing themselves. We like, saw... If, if Americans are listening and don't know, this wasn't lockdowns like we had. Like, no. oh, you're not allowed to go to work and blah, blah, blah. It was like they welded shut the apartment yeah. complexes and people died like from a fire starting and not being able to get out. That happened more than once. Things like that. And um, if you had to go to work, if you were essential, you couldn't go home. You could only go to work. Some of these were so invasive and so extreme that they were using tamper-proof tape on people's refrigerators. And I don't remember the reasons why they did this, but they wanted to make sure that you hadn't opened your refrigerator or something. And yeah, they used actual tamper-proof tape to ensure that you in your own apartment did not have the audacity to open your fridge. And of course, they were going around with this this chemical, whatever it was. I mean, I don't think they ever said what this stuff was, where they had these sprayers and they would just walk down city streets. There was footage of them in the back of a truck just driving through like the woods, just spraying this stuff. <laughs> and weren't the so people weird. spraying it wearing hazmat suits? Or am yes. I misrem- I thought so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you definitely suits. want to breathe this stuff in that the people... Spraying or weighing. Yeah. They were spraying it right on people, too. They were, they were calling them the white guards, uh, kind of like the red guards, but now they're the white guards. And so essentially they were police officers whose job it was to crack down on uh, the people of China. And so we saw pushback. Finally, people after months and months and months of this. In fact, some cities had re-lockdowns happen, right? So Shanghai got locked down for most like three months in the springtime this year. Uh, They finally got let out. And then more cities were locked down later on in the year. And some people said, you know what? This is enough. We're getting out into the streets we're, if, you know, if we can get out of our apartment complex, we're going out into the streets. And they did. And they did in enough numbers to where the central Chinese government, who, you know, many consider some of them the most tyrannical, the most corrupt on the planet. Certainly, they get a lot of coverage because they're huge. There's there's obviously worse governments out there. We've talked about the freedom, economic freedom of the world index. China is definitely at the bottom quarter of the pack, but they're not like as low, lowly ranked as, say, Venezuela or or whatever. So China's the evil one that gets a pass, though. Well, I don't know if they get a pass, but uh, they're they're big enough to where you hear more about what they do. And so you, we heard that uh, Xi Jinping, the president, the current dictator president over there, decided to roll back the COVID restrictions, and so they no longer have a zero COVID policy. 
And the weird thing is, and we haven't covered this aspect of it, I haven't even gotten to the fireworks ban, because that's what I really want to talk about, but just kind of recap what the year has been like, at least from the outside, right? We, we can only read stories right. from people who are reporting about what's going on in China. Uh, but he rolls back this COVID restriction, the zero COVID insanity. And there's this channel that I follow on Twitter called China Lockdown 2022, which has been one of those places they, they post the crazy you know, lockdown videos of all the stuff that we've, some of the stuff we've been talking about. And strangely, the sort of the, the tune of China lockdown seems to have changed in recent weeks. They've changed to showing like footage and images of corpses. Huh. The suggestion being that there's this big blow up in uh, COVID exposure and COVID deaths, like filling the hospitals can't handle you know like the morgues can't handle it there's bodies in the streets kind of thing like this crazy stuff stuff like we never saw here like the media wanted you to think about was happening in the united states they really wanted you to imagine that this was happening but there really was no evidence like the uh in the u.s they would have those sort of temporary hospitals that they would set up or the temporary uh, outside areas. They'd one could, he, they had one here at Keene. Yeah, where like you could drive through and get a test or drive through and whatever. And no one went to these things. Very few people actually utilize these in the United States. Uh, in China, they literally have apparently bodies lined up in the streets. I mean, well, just- they tried that, that same nonsense here in the United States as well, showing us, you know, uh, morgues that were just filled with bodies and trucks that were filled with rotting corpses. They did sort of try this in the yeah. United States, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. No one took it seriously. Yeah, it didn't get it. It didn't get any play. And so the weird thing is, is like this China lockdown channel seemed to be very anti-lockdown when I first started reading it, and now it's just constantly showing alleged evidence of massive COVID. Infections. So they're just anti-Chinese government, and will post whatever makes the they will just take whatever position makes the Chinese government look bad. Yeah, I mean that's one way hmm. you could uh, you could see this, I suppose. Or maybe they're just posting the things that are supposedly COVID deaths, but you're supposed to use your own like thinking, critical thinking skills to imagine maybe there are other reasons for suddenly a bunch of people dying. Like yeah. you know they could have. Destroyed everyone's microbiomes, spraying some weird thing all over Could everything, be. and yeah, maybe they're just thinking so of sunlight. Weak. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's another good point, Bonnie, because maybe people's immune systems are so weak because they did lock down. You know, the the people in China part of two years, right? At least, yeah, especially with the, the zero COVID stuff in the last year. I mean, these people have been seriously more inside than than anyone else in the United States has. That's it, for sure. It's not just like a hippy dippy like trendy word to say that your microbiome is destroyed so you can't uh you know your immune system is messed up because literally your microbiome is more than your own cells as far as your immune system like the germs quote unquote that live in your intestine and the rest of the places they live in your body they fight for your life more than any of you don't even have enough cells if you didn't have any microbiome for an extended period of time like you would get a disease and you'd probably die so being inside hurts that. Yeah, and you know, not exposing yourself to different people, different things, and also, you know, if they sprayed some kind of like disinfectant on everything, mm-hmm. it would just be killing every germ it touched. You know, it reminds me of what uh, Ron Paul said at the very beginning of uh, in 2020 when this thing started happening, when COVID was really scaring people. 
and they were telling people to stay inside and you know don't have contact with people and ron paul was saying that's the opposite of what you should be doing you should be going outside you should be getting sunlight you should be interacting with people so your immune system stays strong so maybe that's what's going on like there's not a lot of context with these with the footage or the imagery of people allegedly like crowding into morgues like coffins rows and rows of coffins like all kinds of sounds extreme imagery that seems really really intense and so you know they're not they're not coming right out and saying bring back the lockdowns but on the other hand it's like a lot of people would say that right like when oh see see you guys you guys got rid of the lockdowns and now everyone's dying see the lockdowns were working it's just like why wouldn't it be happening everywhere else on the planet where it's not locked down anymore well, they get Just all of their news from the Chinese government. So yeah. if the Chinese government told them that this was happening everywhere around the world, then that's what most of these people would believe. So in the midst of all of this footage of the coffins, I started to see footage of people firing off fireworks. Curious. And, Why and are the, they celebrating? Well, this is the thing. So it wasn't a celebration. It was a protest. And so they're saying fireworks is a protest. And I thought, oh, this is cool. Without knowing like the details on what was actually going on, I'm seeing nighttime footage of people firing a ton of fireworks off into the air. There's footage of cars with mortars, people like people driving cars with other guys sitting like standing out of sunroofs holding on to big fire. I mean, this is China, right? Like they got no problem finding the best of the best epic level fireworks well aren't right? most of the fireworks used in the united states made in china that's so my I mean, point like yeah that's my point right yeah. like there's a ton of fireworks in china and they're cheap so they got the, the these bomb mortars i think they invented shoot. fireworks if not like japan or yes. something yeah maybe china and so they they have like humongous mortars that are firing off from moving cars so nice. as cars are like driving down the road, they're just shooting crazy fireworks out. I've never seen anything like this, right? Like normally when you're doing fireworks, you just, you set the mortar down, you light the run thing away. and you run the hell away. Yeah. You don't want to typically do it in a moving vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Like, holding on like, to it. Holding the thing <laughs> out a sunroof in a moving vehicle. Pretty wild stuff, right? And so I'm seeing the... Um, they have more faith in uh, Chinese craftsmanship than I do. Yeah. So I'm seeing the, these, the, you know, this footage. I'm like, what is going on here? I, I just thought this was part of the anti-COVID thing. I just figured this was, you know, the anti-COVID protests are still going, or the, uh, the lockdown, anti-lockdown right. protests are still going on, and now they brought fireworks in just because why the hell not? Well, no. As it turns out, after they undid the COVID lockdown, they decided they would go ahead and, well, you need to have the police to do something. I guess. So apparently there's now a nationwide ban on fireworks in cities, according to Radio Free Asia. This seems strange. Do they just arbitrarily do this? I don't know what their reason was, but uh, if you live in a city and you're in China, apparently it is illegal. Maybe people started shooting off fireworks in celebration that the lockdowns were over and they wanted to squash that. Could be. I mean, that's just a speculation. But uh, the Chinese people are not in the mood to obey <laughs> right now. And that is what I love to see happen with uh, these folks. They're not, they are openly defying these fireworks bans to the, to, to the point where literally there's footage of police c- cruisers like rolling up on the, the scene, right? Like the cops are actively enforcing this. People are getting targeted. They're being arrested for shooting off fireworks. Seems excessive. Uh, in cities. 
And so kudos to these guys. Uh, according to the story here, crowds in the central Chinese province of Henan attacked and overturned a police vehicle late Monday. Not, not today, but this was last week. While social media posts showed residents in other cities setting off fireworks in defiance of the orders. Revelers on Hong Daiwan Square in Henan's Lui County, quote, deliberately vandalized a police car, causing chaos at the scene, said police in a statement on the standoff, which it said took place at around 11 p.m. local time. Six people were arrested. Several video clips of the incident were uploaded to social media that showed people jumping onto a police car and another man in a Balenciaga jacket displaying the police car license plate that he'd ripped from the vehicle to the surrounding crowd. I love it when governments around the world realize that it's not just democracies and republics that require the consent of the people. It doesn't matter how big your country is or how big your government is. If your people don't consent to it, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. If the Chinese people really want to revolt against the Chinese government, the Chinese government's done. It doesn't matter how tyrannical they are, how oppressive they are. There's a billion and a half of them. You're done. It happened in uh, Canada, too, with the trucker protests. They had to roll back a lot of um, COVID restrictions. And And they acted like, oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with the trucker protests. We just wanted to do it. Yeah, we were going to do it anyway. China was going to do it anyway. Sure, yeah, yeah. 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 You believe that, right? (laughs) But no, that's definitely the big takeaway here is even the most tyrannical governments of the world still rely on the quote unquote consent of the governed. If enough people refuse to go along with the program, if enough people refuse to be locked down, if enough people refuse to obey the fireworks ban, if enough people refuse, you fill in the blank, whatever the government prohibition, whatever the thing is, if people are willing to go to jail for the thing that is being prohibited. If enough of them are willing to, they cannot enforce it. They simply don't have the jails. Now, that said, China certainly does have more jail space now in the form of these quarantine camps. If they wanted to, they could lock up all these these fireworks people. They've been doing it to the Uyghur Muslims for years. That's true. So it's not to say that they couldn't, but they also risk um, alienating even more people. Right? I mean, that's exactly it. If they have a billion and a half population and they have a billion people or 500 million people processing, which is more than they're ever going to get, but a third yeah. of their population, right? If they kill those 500 billion or th- 500 million or throw them in prison or whatever, they're just going to make very angry the other billion people. And if they do the worst and they kill 500 million people, they've got no one left to roll over. Well, yeah, and you have no economy left. Right. right. Well, like yeah, kill- there's, I mean, there's the, you <laughs> know, going to work there's the financial aspect of it, but the reality is that for a ruler to be a ruler, they have to have people to rule over. It does them no good to kill the entire population. No. Nope. And it seems like this would be obvious, right? But for some reason, it isn't. The incident was sparked by police trying to enforce the fireworks ban, which led to some in the crowd to prevent the car, the police cruiser, from leaving and Mm. others to throw drinks and start smashing it before the most visible protesters jumped onto the car and removed its license plates. You can get uh, not allowed to ever go into Canada for that. For standing in front of a... Oh. Car. <laughs> you're referring to me? Yeah. It took yeah. me a minute to realize what you're referring to as well. Well, you didn't jump on the, on the car and remove his No, well, I didn't. I, Although didn't. That, I mean, that would have been funny. But <laughs> I would have probably been charged with a lot worse yeah. than Did not obstructing, vandalizing yeah, obstructing government administration in that case. Uh, later clip showed the police car overturned, according to the Twitter account, Mr. Lee is not your teacher, which curates and reposts footage from incidents in mainland China to Twitter on the assumption they will be deleted or blocked by Chinese social media platforms. 
Jia Lingman, resident of Henan's provincial capital, Zhengzhou, said fireworks had been banned until the Lunar New Year, which starts later this month. But there were so it's a temporary ban. I guess so. isn't like January the twentieth, the lunar lunar New Year. This possibly, and this leads maybe some credence to Bonnie's theory that this may have been in relation to let's just stop people from celebrating the end of the COVID restrictions. Yeah, instead they're going to let them celebrate, you know, the lunar New Year, which is customary for China, as I understand it, and Asia in general. But. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not a case of oh well we want to make sure there are still fireworks for the New Year celebration so we're, we don't There's plenty don't, of fireworks yeah guys don't hold off there it have, certainly wasn't that there have been surround or sorry there's so plenty have been going off around the city on New Year's weekend quote there have been sporadic fireworks going off in my neighborhood and the surrounding area the ban will be lifted at some point during the Lunar New Year fireworks set off in defiance of the ban were also reported in other areas. Uh, of the country, a political commentator said the fireworks were a deliberate act to defy the ban and came after people saw the government's response to the, quote, white paper, unquote, movement in late November against the strict antivirus measures. So, yes, they are saying here that one protest movement has led to the next. Oh, so this is how it happens. Yes. Yeah, so people are being emboldened by their success and they're 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 taking to the streets more often. And that's a great that's a great thing. It is, and the more successes they have, the more people will take to this. The more they go, oh, wait a minute, protest works. Okay, well, we're protesting this, we're protesting that. And in a lot of cases, protests don't work, right? Like your one-off protests, the politicians generally don't care about. Like here in the United States, the old statement from the 1980s, there was this guy who worked for the Reagan administration. Uh, the name's not coming to me at the at the moment, but he was known for saying, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes. Hmm. I mean, this is categorical in the United States. Look at all of the Black Lives Matter protests that happened in the last 10 years and not a single thing changed anywhere. Yeah. And it's just because it was empty protesting saying, oh, we're not happy. And that's it. There was never any plan. There was never any action. It was just it was just a statement of unhappiness. And that doesn't change anything. Yeah, and maybe the uh, like maybe- one thing I thought was so weird when I went to Black Lives Matter protests in uh, San Antonio was like, well, first of all, I've told this on the air before. I literally got an invite. I don't know if it was like text or something, and I don't remember who it was from that said uh, like, come to this thing. It's going to be an anti-cop protest and a vigil for George Floyd. And when I got there, everybody was uh, talking about like nothing. Nobody was just like talking about anti-cop stuff that I wanted to talk about, you know. But we were all walking more people than I've ever seen at once walking down the streets of San Antonio and everybody started chanting, I can't breathe. Like, what is that really accomplishing? It seemed like me and my friend weren't doing it because it seemed creepy. We're going to continue to look at uh, why do some protests work and others don't and more on the fireworks ban. Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, I remember when we were doing some uh, what we call nightcaps here in Keene back in 2020. And I guess they also happened in 2021, but I was under house arrest at that point. So I couldn't attend most of them at that point. But uh, in 2020, we went out. And we violated the, uh, what they called in New Hampshire, was not called a quote-unquote lockdown. It was the stay-at-home suggestion. suggestion. Yeah. What, Did they what? call that? I thought it was an order. 
They, uh, there was order. A, it was there an was executive an order. order, certainly. Yeah, there but, was an order that was written about it, but it had all kinds of like loopholes and. Yeah, the language was so weak in it that nothing we did was ever illegal. And that, and we never got bothered by any cops. And we did get tickets one night for parking on Central Square. Right, yeah. uh, and uh, whenever we challenged those tickets, they got dropped, as uh, tends to happen. Yeah. And then there was one other ticketing that transpired, and that was when we were setting off fireworks in Central Square. Well, when someone was setting off fireworks in Central Square, someone was. Maybe more than one someone, but Perhaps. someone got caught for it in well, that case. Someone got charged with it yeah. for well, it. Well, no, the police were sitting there watching it happen. <laughs> That's why they got charged. Uh, but, you know, we, we felt like we were pretty cool setting off fireworks in Central Square. But, boy, do we have nothing on these uh, these Chinese guys that are out there. So I just showed you guys some of the footage uh, that is on the China Lockdown 2022 channel over the last several days. On what? Telegram? Uh, that's on Twitter. China Lockdown. Uh, their channel name is 2022 underscore lockdown if you want to see it for yourself. Uh, this is like epic level stuff. It's I mean, this really is crazy. amazing to watch. I wasn't there for the fireworks thing there in Keene, but I can't imagine it was anything as spectacular. The best, one of the best fireworks shows I've seen was at Rogers Campground at Fork Fest. Yeah. But it, even that, which was you know paid for, it was set up by a guy who like did this for a living. It right. had nothing on the spectacles that we're seeing in these videos on Twitter. No, it's pretty impressive what they were doing here. So we're sharing uh, about the fireworks ban in China and the fact that people are about sick and tired of all these restrictions in China. They protested uh, the COVID restrictions, and now this last week they've been out in the streets protesting the fireworks ban. According to the story here at Radio Free Asia, that's RFA.org, uh, emboldened by uh, the band here, uh, the, the fireworks ban, political commentator Wang Jan said the fireworks were a deliberate act to defy the ban and came after people saw the government's response to the white paper movement in late November against strict antivirus measures. Quote, people across the country are violating the ban. Fireworks are banned in all cities, but are being set off everywhere. Spontaneous street protests across China in late November saw some people holding up blank sheets of printer paper and others repeating slogans calling for an end to the zero COVID policy. That's why they call it, it the, the white paper. Yeah, movement. what did it represent? Why? I'm not clear on that. Hmm. Uh, it was just something that could be done, right? Like it's something that's easy to duplicate. Oh, just grab a sheet of paper and hold that up, and now you're part of our protest, right? Like, you don't have to go buy some flag or whatever. I guess, but right? it has to have some sort of meaning. It probably does. I just am not aware gonna of, look uh, into of it. what that is. So, uh, according to the story here, they were calling for an end to the zero-COVID policy, which they got. And they got in relative short order. And for Xi Jinping and the ruling Communist Party to step down and call elections, which they didn't get. While others held vigils for the victims of a lockdown fire in Xinjiang's regional capital, Urumqi. It's another revolution, said Wang, or at least passing on the torch lit by the white paper movement. The Chinese have learned that they can use protests to get what they want, which is a huge improvement on the way things were. So this comes back around to the discussion we were having before our uh, bottom of the hour news break, and that is... What is the difference between a completely ineffective protest, which I would say 90 plus percent of protests are ineffective at changing things? I've always said that, 
you know, I, I support them as far as them being good networking occasions. You can get out there, you can meet people you've never met before, and then go, you know, do other things together into the future. So I'm not going to say they're worthless, but as far as getting the government to, to behave differently, it seems like most of them, at least in the United States, are completely useless. And Bonnie, you were talking about the Black Lives Matter as an example of this. So it was wh- so many people and it could have been, you know, a lot bigger of a deal. But when I got there, it was just people basically saying that it was just like people saying it was like kind of anti-white without anybody straight up saying it. Not anti-cops. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. nobody was saying I mean, it was just like and I'm, I'm just getting that from some of the speakers. Like people just went up and started like stood on top of cars and started talking and they just started saying like, oh, my whole life um, as a minority, I've been it's time to stop being oppressed and I was just like, okay, but it's like nobody is talking about the cops here. They missed and the message. They missed the me- they missed the message, and it seemed like it got. I, I thought that it was like taken taken over and twisted because that's not what mm-hmm. it was advertised as. And then there's people chanting in the streets, "I can't breathe," and it just felt to me and my friend who talked about it later. It seemed like um, ineffective. Like what was that doing? Like they were quoting like the last words or one of the last words of, of George, George Floyd. Floyd who had his neck stood on. It just doesn't seem... I don't know. I thought that there was... It seemed very emotional, but not a good message, not no one a had clear like a, message. No one had, like, a direction, mm-hmm. and it wasn't directed at the cops enough. My, I, my sign was the only one that said, like, cops have no authority to rule over me, something like that. Yeah, I agree with your interpretation, Bonnie, that it was taken over. And we saw that happen here in New Hampshire as well. And this can be one reason why protests in the United States have been such a failure is that they are easily co-opted. And why that is, I don't know. Maybe it's because people are ultimately still too comfortable and the people of China, they'd had it. You know, they were starving. They're jumping out of their ho- they're jumping out of their apartment complexes to their death uh, because of these lockdowns. People are dying, animals are dying in the streets because they're not being taken care of, uh, things like that. So maybe people are just that upset and that dedicated to continue doing what they're doing whereas and in the just US it's obvious what the enemy is here it's like less obvious because there was all this stuff that started getting put out on instagram around the black lives matter times it was just like all white people are the problem it's like yeah there's any race of people can be cops i mean you're absolutely right there is a bit of a misdirection going on in the united states entirely and black lives matter as an as an idea sort of represents that the the problem isn't that police kill black people the problem is and has always been the police kill people And they're unaccountable as they do it. And by focusing on this narrow segment of the population that's killed by police officers, yes, too many people killed by police officers are black. But there are too many people getting killed by police officers, period. period. So if we fix that problem, then we'll also, by default, fix the problem of them killing black people. And you could have roped in so many more people if you'd had that message. So to the point of what you were saying about the the co-opting, we saw it happen in 2011 with... uh, Occupy Wall Street. And one of the things Occupy Wall Street had was the longevity. They had something that wasn't just an overnight thing. Oh, we're going to be here one day. We're going to protest and then we're going to go home. It was there for many, many days. In fact, I don't even remember. I feel like it was was weeks, weeks. if not months. Yeah, Trust Uh, fund babies who lived off Starbucks for three weeks in Central Square living on mommy and daddy's money. But it wasn't long before the politicians showed up. And started to act like they were always there. Same thing happened with the Tea Party, which was sort of the right-wing alternative or the right-wing answer to 
Occupy. Kind of happened at around the same time or shortly thereafter. Yeah, wasn't like Ron Paul one of the primary catalysts in the creation of the Tea Party? As I understand, he does get some credit for that. I'm not sure whether or not he did anything about it, but yeah, he's definitely a. His name gets mentioned along with it, but you know, once you showed up to the Tea Party after a little while, it became quite clear that this was a uh, an event that was just designed to publicize Republican politicians. And then you had all these coattail riders. There was these. There was this group of Republican politicians who called themselves "quote unquote" Ron Paul Republicans. So they would just they were hitching their name to Ron Paul. This is, of course, right around the time when Ron Paul was running for president in 2012 for the last time. So Yeah, Michelle of- Bachman and those types who sort of took over the Tea Party and sort of... It was very weird watching all of this happen as someone who wasn't terribly politically active at the time, but mm-hmm. who was watching from the sidelines. It was very bizarre watching, like, Michelle Bachman, one of them... In, in one of the presidential interviews, they asked Ron Paul, you know, Michelle Bachman is now heading up the Tea Party that you helped found or whatever. Do, do you feel like she's eclipsed you? And he's like, what, what kind of question is that? Is she up here? No, I'm up here running for president. <laughs> Clearly, Michelle Bachman. Yeah, just, she, she was one of these Glenn Beck Republicans. That's how I think of her, who mm. created this large, you know, that crazy meme with the guy smoking a cigarette with tacks in the wall behind him and strings connecting them, finding... This is connected to that, and that's connected to that. Oh, and oh. This is that's Michelle Bachman, except she does that, and everyone's ultimately linked to Al Qaeda, because mm-hmm. okay. or Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, whatever. And she's got these large diagrams showing how Barack Obama was linked to Al Qaeda, just completely mm-hmm. crazy Glenn Beck style mm-hmm. conspiracy lunatic. Yeah, I haven't but, heard her name for ten, you know, ten years. Glenn Beck is like bo- boring, dumb conspiracy. I like you know David Icke type crazy conspiracy theorist. So, uh, so they took over Occupy Wall Street. They took over the uh, Tea Party, and then in 2020, they did the same thing with Black Lives Matter. And we saw it happen here in New Hampshire because I went to Keene Black Lives Matter, I went to Manchester Black Lives Matter, and I went to Nashville Black Lives Matter events. Uh, nobody and I, our co-host, nobody went together to these events. And, you know, I did the best I could to document what was going on. I had my video camera and just wanted to see what people were saying. The Keen one was pretty good. Uh, it was organized locally by a guy who actually some of us know, somebody who actually came out to one of our uh, one of our nightcap events. He's a lefty in yeah. town, but he's, he's a nice guy. He's somebody who is definitely not in favor of police violence and you know, police militarization and things like that. And the speakers at Keen, which was the biggest rally I'd ever seen in in Little Keen, New Hampshire's Central Square, bigger than the four twenties. Uh, a decade ago, like hundreds of people were in in this little relatively small park. Uh, and so the speakers there were all very clearly anti-police power. And that was what the message was. And it was really good. I really appreciated it. In Manchester, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, the, it was a larger event. Obviously, Manchester is a bigger city. Uh, the speakers weren't as good as, you know, I thought they were in, in Keene, but they were still largely anti-police. They didn't go to a racist place there or anything like that. And then what happened in Nashua, they went to a big park in Nashua and uh, they had like a stage because everything else was just kind of in a park, somebody with a megaphone, you know, or like a PA system that they brought in. But in Nashua, they had like the government park where they had permission to be on the stage and, hmm. like, that was kind of suspicious. And then they started talking. 
And the people they had talking at this one weren't just people who had been abused or by the system or they knew somebody who their brother or whatever had been killed by the cops or what you might have seen at the previous ones. This was like city councilor, the mayor, oh, good. Of, the mayor of Nashua. People whose opinions I don't care about. People who state control senator. the cops and tell the cops to arrest peaceful people every day. Yeah, a state senator, a state representative, the police chief himself was speaking at this event. And I said, Weak. you know what? This has jumped the shark. This thing is over. They have completely co-opted Black Lives Matter in New Hampshire at this point. And that was the end of it. it that was the it, end. It sort of was. But I seem to recall not long after that, there was an additional Black Lives Matter protest in Keene, spearheaded by someone completely different. Hmm. And they marched up and down Main Street uh, with, with police escorts. Oh yeah, well, mm-hmm. I had forgotten about this. I happened to be yeah. on Main Street at, at my I job at the you told time. Us you saw it happening, and I saw this happening, and it, it, it just seemed so counter to everything yeah. the anti-police movement was supposed to be. Because don't get it twisted, people. Black Lives Matter is and has always been an anti-police abuse movement. It's been co-opted by there, there's 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 some commies that right. are running the organization, yeah. but that's different from the movement, right? And there's people out there who who weaponize it in bad directions to take it to a racist place and stuff like that. But it at its heart, it's a police accountability movement. Mm-hmm. For that movement to work so closely with the police and their protests, yeah. it's just not right. So that, nope. that first protest, that was the organic grassroots one that we saw here in Keene. And then after that, the, I, I don't know, the moneyed interests came in. I don't know who is responsible for doing this sort of thing, but mm-hmm. some, some outside factors, um, outside influence came in and changed the nature of the protest. It sure did. So that's another great example of how the takeover happens. And this is, I think, why U.S. protests never have the staying power, like the Canadian truckers. Uh, like the the folks in China that are protesting there right now, where they got what they wanted. The Canadian truckers got a rollback in the... I mean, they may not have gotten everything they wanted, right? Like the Chinese people wanted to have Xi Jinping step down, right? Okay, he didn't do that. The Communist Party didn't say goodbye, but they did undo the COVID restrictions. So they got something. It's what? because the in the United States, the media is so controlled and in lockstep with everything the government wants them to say. But that's true in China. The Chinese yeah, but- media is state-run. Yeah, but at this point, they just they realize who the enemy is, yes. and they get, they're not going to listen to the like openly government operated media. They're, yeah. they're past a pushing point, but here it's like more hidden. The common person doesn't even know about the Twitter files and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, maybe not the common person, but I would say like more people don't know about you know media corruption than do or care they just don't care sure or media appears to be independent in the united states when it in fact is not if some really good protests started out and then they hear on the news oh this is just racist supremacists then those people are gonna be like oh i'm not interested in that anymore Mm -hmm. just because they heard it on the news maybe in china they're just not caring what the news says anymore because they're like that's what the government says my loose hypothesis having just come up with this i I don't don't know if it's true or not i haven't put a great deal of thought into it is the the reality that the United States has been a, a, quote, democracy longer than most other countries have even existed. Well, have been democracy, certainly. But the United States has been accountable to the concept of protests since it was founded. Mm-hmm. So it has learned. It's got two centuries plus of history of how to deal with protests and completely neuter them to keep them from yeah. being affected. Because that's what the government wants. They don't care if you protest as long as they have a way to keep it from having any sort of impact. And I suspect... 
the United States government, the, the shadowy figure behind it. They have figured out how to control protests. Yeah. And we have the CIA and FBI that could just throw some uh, person into a crowd and make them, you know, change what the protest is about from the inside. I wonder if, I don't mm-hmm. know, just trying to have the same type of stuff. They probably, probably. will in 200 years. Yeah. Well, the concept of protest is probably relatively new to China and the Chinese government. That's a good point. I mean, the last time, well, right. And the last uh, time they really had a big protest there was uh, Tiananmen Square in the late 1980s. Was it 1989 or 1988? Something like that. And of course, they've erased all memory of Tiananmen Square within China. You're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to do a Google search uh, of it. And they were saying that these white, what they call the white paper movement protests, the anti-COVID lockdown uh, movement, were the largest protests since Tiananmen Square. So yeah, it may have been 35, 33 years since they actually had a significant protest movement. You make another really good point. Maybe it's just desensitized for Americans. I mean, Americans protest every damn little thing. We, mm-hmm. Americans have been protesting for the better part of 200 years. Oh, you don't like a drag show? Go protest. Yeah, they, they protest constantly. So yeah. when the American government sees a press, protest, they're like, oh, they're at it again. It's, Ho-hum. Yeah, well, and the sun rose today. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. In, in China that doesn't happen. So they see a protest and go, oh, crap. But the American government's like, yep. We saw what are you what are you protesting this time? Okay, that one ply toilet paper. Okay, yesterday it was this other thing. <laughs> That's a good theory. So here's a little bit more from Radio Free Asia about what has morphed from a uh, anti-lockdown protest successful into now an anti-fireworks ban protest. So there's a fireworks ban in Chinese cities uh, at least at least through the uh, the Chinese New Year. In another clip posted to Twitter by constitutional scholar Zhang LeFan. A young woman is shown setting off rockets using a launch tube in the northern port city of Tianjin. Quote, the police came to stop them, but they didn't listen, and everyone set them off, he commented. So are you going to do anything? Reads the text added to the video. No, because you can't do anything. There are fireworks going off everywhere, and I think that's an intent. They're saying that to the government, right? Like they're saying, we have so many people doing this, you don't have enough cops to stop us. That's so cool. Henan current affairs commentator Lee Fatian said Henan is part of a, China, a part of China that likes traditional celebrations and we're likely letting off steam after three years of rolling lockdowns, mass tracking and compulsory testing under Communist Party leader Xi Jinping's zero covid policy. Quote, zero covid went on for three years, so it's pretty clear that the lockdowns across the country, large scale unemployment and the inhumane enforcement methods of recent years have caused a lot of anxiety and shortness of temper. He said further, there's a lot of hostility in society. He also said that Directed at the government that caused this, man. In the right place. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're Three doing. Three years of you know, these COVID lockdowns, that's insane. He said further, now the government suddenly removes all restrictions and people still fear dying from, the, from this virus. So maybe they need to do this as a way of venting, he said, adding that more protests are likely in the coming year. He says we've reached what Is you might call. Is he trying to say that because people are afraid of getting COVID without zero COVID policies that they're protesting? Because that seems like a silly spin. Wait, say that again. Is he trying to say, just read the last sentence again. Is he trying to say, oh, people are protesting with these fireworks because, well, there's... No more zero COVID and people are getting COVID. So they're mad about that. They're venting about that. 
I think some of them are probably still afraid. I mean, if you look at the pr- the propaganda going on now with the, all of the people dying allegedly from COVID now in, in China, who knows whether that's true or not. My or point is just this on. reporter or whatever seems to be trying to say that that's why they're doing the fireworks. And it just doesn't seem likely to me. Well, if they were ter- I, I agree. If they were terrified of COVID-19 and the possibility they of... They wouldn't be outside. Right. Yeah. Around. They wouldn't and, be around. And why would they be doing anything to fly in the face of the government? They'd be like, People need to listen to the government, you know, something like that, you know, seems He said, we've reached what you might call a tipping point. In Nanjing, people let fly balloons in the eastern city of Nanjing on New Year's Eve, where a large crowd gathered around the bronze statue of the 1911 revolutionary leader Sun Yat-sen to release balloons in honor of his memory. I'm not sure why they're telling us about balloons in this story, but that's basically... Uh, that oh somebody else says there's a uh, cha- sea change in people's hearts with this commemoration when the Chinese Communist Party can no longer guarantee that everyone's life will improve nor guarantee a livelihood to many people then people will start to challenge it because what right does it have to remove your political rights he said further the Communist Party has broken the social contract so they don't have to obey it anymore nice now of course we all know there is no such thing as a social contract. It's a bunch of uh, malarkey. Yeah, but if they have a social contract that requires their government to uphold part of an agreement, I I, I could see with that. Like the U.S. I Constitution, you they don't have a social contact uh, contract no. that doesn't exist. Sadly, well, no chance. I think she means like if if they believe that they have a social contract, oh, the government's going to take care of us. That's why we have communism, and then the government's not doing the thing that they're supposed to do because communism is supposed to give everyone free blah 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 mm-hmm. and now you don't and have now a job you even have that yeah. then they're they're going to start to wake up to the idea that wait these people aren't doing their end of what they're supposed to be doing why do we have to listen to them i mean I that's sort so. of what we have in the united states with the non-existent social contract right it's people who well the police have an obligation to to come out and help and support it the other night at my job one of my co-workers says something uh, oh you know you you should have sued the city of whatever whatever city they were talking about for what their police said they failed to interfere they failed to do something it, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where i can imagine you know 20-year-old me said, yeah, the police absolutely should have helped. They should have done something. And this guy was like, yeah, you. this person should have sued the city for that. And me now, I know the police had absolutely no obligation to do anything about it. There's no nope. lawsuit there because the police, this entire apparatus that we have built up here, the United States government isn't upholding its side of the agreement and Americans are completely delusional about it. So even if they believe in this social contract, they're not recognizing the reality that the American government hasn't been upholding its part of the social contract in ever. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Caller, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, this is Ryan Summers. Ryan, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, well, I'm about to drop. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. I'm the one that had the uh, altercation with Trump with the banana peel that I called you guys about a year, about a year ago. You're going to have to refresh us on that one. What happened with banana peel and Trump? <laughs> Well, that was a long time ago, about a year and a half ago. I actually don't think any of you were working. But um, I've had, okay, I just found the evidence that puts all of the Epstein people, Epstein Maxwell Ranch people, from my high school, Valley High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico, all together with Donald Trump, mostly Ivana Trump, and Jared Kushner were at this party. In all right, 96. Ryan, I want you to tell us more about this, but hang on, okay? We're going to continue with your call here in just a few moments. And then uh, we've got an update on the Chinese fireworks ban situation. So we just gave you the details on the fact that there's a ban on Chinese uh, fireworks setting them off within cities across the country. But after massive protests were happening over the last week, guess what? 
some cities, not all of them, have now lifted the fireworks bans. So this protest already is bearing fruit after just one week. There's more coming up here in moments. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want to talk about here. We started out the show with some uplifting news out of China, of all places. Right on the heels of the tremendous success of the what they call the white paper movement. I learned why it was called that, by the way. Oh, good. It is because the Chinese government, uh, you know, they do so much to destroy freedom of speech. Right. So the idea is that a sheet of paper represents all of the things that you're afraid to write down. And that was why mm. they were holding up a blank they sheet of blank. paper. It originated ah. in Hong Kong in the when they were banned from having any sort of banners or phrases or logos or whatever it was shortly after the Chinese government retook over Hong Kong or whatever it was that happened. And because of that, since they couldn't have any pro-Hong Kong logos or phrases, they were like, okay, well, we'll just hold up blank sheets of paper. They can't do anything about that. And it sort right. of became a more widespread ah. symbol because of that. So, so they so it spread across the country during the COVID yes. uh, protests, and uh, very very cool. So glad you looked that up. Thank you for for clarifying that. And so on the on the heels of that tremendous success, which of course the white protest uh, white paper movement resulted in the end, the complete end to the zero COVID policy. That's over now, and the insane lockdowns. That's over now. People are back out and they're emboldened and they're now protesting fireworks bans that are in place in cities across the country. And we talked about how epic those have been. But we got somebody on the line here. Uh, he says his name is Ryan. And Ryan, where are you calling yeah. from tonight? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And you said uh, you had some sort of thing in regards to Donald Trump, a banana peel had something to do with Epstein. This was last year, and I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So can you uh, try to clear that up okay. for me? I will try not to lose my PTSD. I've done four and a half years prison with all charges dropped, and I did three of those years in isolation. Yikes. I got out 10, 10 days after Donald Trump got out of office. All charges dropped, flown on two commercial flights home from isolation. Okay, Whoa. they had to change my diagnosis to PTSD from doing so much isolation. The people at Butner FMC, which is a mental prison, finally changed my diagnosis. This is federal? To, yes. Okay. And they were saying I was schizophrenic so they could block all the evidence. Now, I've been saying for 25 years, even more, that I've had people from my high school stalking me. I just found the evidence that 96 video kids... Fourth of July party, 96. That's me taking the video. And how do you know that? Well, I know. I remember it. I mean, if you were there. But I, no, but I thought his memory got wiped. So. Well, he didn't say that yeah. on the air. We hadn't gotten to that part yet, Bonnie. So I guess yeah. we're going to find out about that. So my memory was wiped. But the thing is, whenever I rewatch it, I, I start re-remembering it. And that was 25 years ago. So it, All right. Okay. Slow down. It, so we've gotten way deep here. Uh, you're s just trying to understand what's going on. So let me see if I'm going to try to go back here. Uh, you were in prison, in federal prison. You were released two after years four years, you said. Well, in two different stints. I threatened Governor Susana Martinez, who in that video, 
the Jmar that they keep yelling, who's around the corner telling everyone I'm the worst human on earth. See, they I, I graduated a billionaire at 18, but they diverted the money like Britney Spears to Donald Trump and Susanna Martinez. You graduated a Jmar. billionaire? Hold up. How did you? Yes. How are you a billionaire at age 18? Okay, whenever Jobs, Wozniowski, and uh, Steve Jobs, Wozniowski, and Gates, they had a shop out here in 1988. This is where the computer started. So I walked in after a soccer game, and the guys had hard drive and they had RAM. They said, all right, kids, apparently you're a real smart kid. Which one of these should we use? Hold they on. Said, this one holds more. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So wait. I, Ryan, Ryan. So I got the patent for the Ryan. hard drive and memory connection. Okay. So you're trying to say, and how old are you? I'm 43. You're 43. And and this was in the 80s? This is very important, yes. Hold on. I'm just trying to follow you here. So you're saying Steve Jobs, the co-founder of, I believe, Apple Computer? Yes, and Bill Gates. And Bill and Gates, the co-founder of Microsoft, or the founder of Microsoft, two competing mm-hmm. companies. You're saying that in Albuquerque, New Mexico, your hometown... That these guys had a shop together. You, you guys haven't read the book or seen the movie? I don't know what movie. movie. What, what movie? To. Well, you can, you can look it up. I mean, in any of them. I mean, sure. What movie? Well, I don't, I don't know the name of it, but okay. Jobs was in a movie. I mean, so I'm, just because right there was a movie out there doesn't mean that it covered what you're talking about if you haven't seen it. So it went up to somebody who was presumably 13 years or younger, asked him his opinion on what to do with it. You walked in, hold on, I just no. want to cl- clarify. You walked into their computer shop, you're saying. With my dad after a soccer game. And you were, what, 10 years old? Eight years old. Eight my picture, years I old. I my picture on Instagram with Johnny Carson because I was on there for being the kid genius. Really? And your yes. name is Ryan Summers? Yes. Okay. Now, that so, picture is extremely hard to find. But mm, ah, okay. That. That's convenient. But I can, I can show it to you. What, what's Instagram. the Instagram handle? I'm, I'm Ryan Summers. Is that, is that where we can find the picture on Instagram? All right. Yeah. Let's just take you at your word here, it's and let's move on in the but... let's move on in the sure. story. Okay. So you now, you became a billionaire on inventing the hard drive, apparently, and or something like that. You graduated yeah. a billionaire. Then the combination then, of RAM and hard drive. And then you ended up uh, at this '90s party. There's video of at a uh, channel on YouTube called Len Enders. Which appears to yeah. be just people hanging out at a party, drinking, you know, teenagers, 20-somethings, that kind of thing. And it's how does much. this tie in to Donald Trump, you having your okay. uh, memory wiped? Ghislaine Maxwell. Okay. Two days ago, three days ago, whenever I started remembering what was, the, what was going on in this, I called the Manhattan Abuse Line uh, Hate Crimes Unit. So they saw that Jared Kushner was on the video. He's already been edited out. Jared Kushner and Ivana Trump met at this party, and there's a long story behind that. But um, And where did this so, party take place? This was in New Mexico? And, yes, and okay. the guy's lying about it, saying it's in Tacoma, Washington. Those guys stole a cop car from Tacoma, Washington. That's how crazy this is. It's essentially two different years. The warehouse video and this video got mashed up because they had... <laughs> what I had to what go warehouse video? Restroom. It's under Lynn Enders, and it's Same a, channel. a party a year later. Okay. And that's at the Wool Warehouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, somebody that put that on, the reason this is horrible is those are all the Epstein-Maxwell people. Those are the recruiters for the Epstein-Maxwell Ranch. You were hanging out with them when you were in your 20s? Well, I graduated high school with them. 
and I wasn't hanging out with them. They were. I mean, you now, were, you were there at a party with them. I, now, I, hold on. Just that's to, hanging out. Just yeah. to clarify, it is true that Epstein did have a ranch in New Mexico. So yes, that is true. In Albuquerque, half an hour away. Uh-huh. These are the guys that did that. These are all multimillionaires. I mean, you could look up Jason Martinez. Okay, all my friends were around the corner while I was drugged. All right, with blood coming down my face. Three people tried to help me. They got yelled at, like, in fear. Like, Why are they drugging you? Why are they trying to harm you? What were you Because doing? their goal, they figured out that I was going to be in 18 years old, the richest kid to ever graduate. Mm-hmm. They had already planned with my parents to divert the money to Donald Trump and Susanna Martinez. Why would your parents want to do that to you? Because they're sociopaths. <laughs> oh, man. My mom so, is crazy. What? I mean... They, they Why did they have to drug you to do this, though? Well, because they needed to make me insane. They needed to say I was schizophrenic. But if you're under 18, your parents don't need that level, especially in the 80s in the United States. Your parents could just take whatever of yours they wanted because it was theirs, right? But it was at my graduating semester, so I was beginning to turn 18, and they didn't. They were losing control of the money unless they said I was insane. But were you 18 so or not? No, I was 17 in that video. That, and I fail to see why your paid. parents couldn't just have taken the money without drugging you or making you bleed out of your face or whatever it was you said. Well, because at some point they wanted to say I was schizophrenic so they, they could divert all the money. I mean, you don't understand how much money it is. Well, well, I guess you did say you, you were a billionaire. There may be some kind of uh, rules where the parents couldn't touch it until he turned 18. I don't know. But the thing that confuses me is why did Bill Gates and the other guy give you a billion dollars for deciding a thing when they could just be like, thanks, kid, have a good day. Here's all a sucker. You've invented the hard driving. Because my dad is a master's in business degree, and I was eight years old after a soccer game, walked in there with him because it was the first computer shop, and he's an engineer that's into that kind of thing. Okay, so So run this by me real quick. Uh, the, The specifics, right? What exactly did they ask you? Okay, they said, okay, I walked in there first. Bill Gates thought I broke the computer, a computer, and all I was doing was looking at it. And then Wozniowski comes out and shut up. I'm the one that broke it. Stop saying things to the kid. So then they said, all right, kid, apparently you're a real smart kid. This, this kind of memory holds more than enough memory, but it's too slow. This kind of memory is more than fast enough, but it doesn't hold enough memory. What should we do? I said, well, can this fast memory, can it erase real quick? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, why don't you just have this slow memory and talk to the fast memory? All three of their faces or two of their faces that were there were like, uh-oh. And my dad was like, uh, yeah, we need to call the lawyers. So I had to wait outside for three hours. <laughs> okay. And Should have so called the lawyers before then. Can, can I offer you, can, can I offer my opinion? What? I, I think you should get them to change your diagnosis back from PTSD back to schizophrenic. <laughs> it's, it's the videos right there, bud. There's yeah. no person in Apparently it. Bill Gates did start Microsoft in Albuquerque. Yes, you guys. Come on. <laughs> okay, so that I'm not true. saying he did it, man. Well, the but... thing is, like with my sister who has some kind of uh, something wrong with her where she denies reality, if something, if there's a fact that is actually true, she'll roll with that one. She'll be like, so I Whoa. went to, uh, Damon Albarn looked at me while I was at the concert. He was worried about me, and he was the wondering, problem. he thought it was cute. Like, so it's not impossible that okay, Damon Albarn okay. looked at her, but well, her brain the rolls with these is... other things. Well, that's fine. But now, if that says it was filmed in Tacoma, Washington, that's to lead us to believe it was filmed there. But if the guy with the Michigan hat on is John Kiner, which it is because I was there, I remember having an altercation with him. He was trying not to play the game. I was like, what? What, punk? 
You're not going to say anything to me? Because that was edited out. He was trying not to play what game? He To like pretend that, see, I was walking around with blood on my face and no one was helping me. That's you didn't get so you. Cool. You're walking you around with a video camera with blood on your face. And you didn't turn around and be yeah. like, "Look what these people did to me." That's what I'm doing, but it's all edited out. All oh, those was see. edited in the 16 minutes. That's it's all part of the, the conspiracy, Arya. That's no, what you're not I, understanding. The thing about a YouTube video that, is you can't just edit you guys, a YouTube video I and leave it like people, that. At the end of that party, I beat three people so bad that it's it's not good. Thomas Teller was one of them. It's definitely not good when you beat people. Violence is always bad. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, All right, so Ryan, we're we're short on time for this conversation. It's gone on probably way too long, but it is is an interesting... it is an interesting look into what somebody believes happened, whether or not that actually happened. It's hard to say because you don't have a lot of evidence, right? The risk-reward to look into it. The video is clearly me. I mean, you'll the <laughs> There's, The camera person is never seen, so I don't know how you expect us to well, say no. it's clearly you. And that's even the worst thing. In the warehouse video, it is seen, and that's whenever I went in the bathroom, but they mixed the bathroom okay. into the warehouse Why do I need to watch right. this video if you say the thing has been edited of all the parts that you say are the most important? Because it's still important. Why? It's a bunch of people partying. Three days ago. Is Jared and, uh, Kushner uh, visible in the video at any time? He, he was, but they edited out. Yeah, so he's not so anymore. All of the parts, you keep telling us about all these parts of this video that are so important, no. and they've all okay, been edited go to, out. Go to, I think it's 1405, and you'll hear them yell, Jamar. Now, I'm sitting there talking to those two attractive girls, and that's where that thumbnail picture comes from. Now, that's because those were KKK princesses. And the second they were yelling, what? Jamar. J- listen, listen. <laughs> Jamar's around the corner. Who's Jamar? My, my friend, Jason Martinez, who's Susanna Martinez's nephew. Susanna Martinez is working with Jeb Bush, giving $1.25 trillion away in Florida. And you mentioned... Okay, hold on. They if they got $1.5 trillion, trillion dollars, why are they worried about your billion? Florida doesn't have $1.2 trillion to give away. Their budget last year was $100-something billion. It's so a they're, charity. They're not it's that, a charity. It's not that big, He's working dude. with Jeb Bush. Okay. But you mentioned this Martinez character. In the 80s, too. A trillion dollars in the 80s. You said you allegedly threatened the governor of New Mexico, and that's why they put you in prison? Yes, who is this guy? Did you do that? Oh, yeah, back in 2013. So you actually threatened the governor of New Mexico? You have no idea. She put her handicapped sister below me on my graduating semester of civil engineering at an Omni Apartments in Las Cruces, New Mexico. That police report exists. Below you. Okay, well, I mean, that, that, that even sounds mean? horrible. Because I mean, I guess. I don't know. If, what the... I, if I ever graduated with a civil engineering degree, then I would be found not schizophrenic, and they would have to give me the money. But I have not been able to establish that in New Mexico, out in Butner FM. I got to tell you, you're going to have a tough time, Ryan, establishing that you're not schizophrenic. So why did you threaten the governor? Okay. I, I've already got the Manhattan police looking at Jared Kushner. I don't the think people. they are. <laughs> Why, why did you attack the governor, though? Let, let's stay on that for a moment, because I didn't understand. Something about a handicapped sister. Okay. Why did those you attack the governor? Also, also what they did to me, you'll see three of those people were best friends with Jim Holmes. Those people were also from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Jim Holmes was the Aurora Batman murderer. They did what they're doing to me, they did to him. Okay, but Ryan, crazy. Back, back to the governor, though. Why did you threaten the governor? Because she is in Las Cruces, and she was covering it all up. Okay, Myron May, that worked in her law firm after a year after she became governor at in Las Cruces, he was the FSU murderer. 
All right, they are driving people crazy. You and and I have the that's the proof of the video, but it's heavily edited. I mean, okay, well then it's not proof. Two hours. If the video well, has been but, edited, then it is no longer proof. It's just from well, what we can tell, this video what is. What sucks about this whole conversation is like I do but, believe that the government mm, would it like have the you know not caring about human humanity enough to drive people crazy and mm-hmm. then use them to commit crimes. I believe that wholeheartedly. They sure. uh, did stuff like that. MK Ultra. MK Ultra. They, yep. They've been caught doing things like that. I mean, the government got caught killing JFK. So, yeah, they would do that. But when somebody like this has no proof of anything they're saying, they can't prove one si- simple little thing, mm-hmm. is telling really tall tales that, you know, really amount to nothing. Like, I invented the Mac, whatever. Uh, I invented... I'm actually the genius behind Steve Jobs or whatever and has no proof for it. It, like makes those other things seem just as crazy and i just i'm tired of this conversation yeah i kind of yeah. feel i, I it's exhausting you know it, we've laughed a lot here tonight during this conversation i mean some of that was in passport and i apologize for that because i mean honestly man i just i i wasn't entirely kidding when i said to have your diagnosis for schizophrenia checked out again it, you're striking off all the ticks of someone who has Schizophrenia. Well, I think he was saying he needed to get rid of the diagnosis in order to get the money. Right, I understand that, but that ain't going to happen. No, because he's schizophrenic. There is no money. He he's imagined all of this, as Bonnie points out. There's little little nuggets of truth here and there, and he takes those and he seizes on them, Mm -hmm. like the fact that Bill Gates founded Microsoft in New Mexico or whatever, that Epstein was in New Mexico. He he grabs those, and his imagination just runs with them in, into the land of fantasy and it's not it's a little bit concerning scary. yeah for sure uh thank you ryan for the call tonight uh the number here is 603-283-6160 and you know how does somebody like that get help i mean what kind of but imagine if everything he said was true right and, and that's the other thing I, I feel bad about i start laughing and then i start feeling bad because it's like if the government did do something to him for whatever reason maybe he doesn't even know the real reason and he thinks it's the billion dollars and they made him look crazy well they succeeded and you know mm-hmm. and that sucks yeah i mean living life you know that that crazy has got to be really difficult the it's, other thing is it just seems like sometimes that the government sends people they've never called before and all of a sudden they're calling in with this this type of call and it's like it was it to derail our china conversation that was actually really productive mm-hmm. and talking about you know protests in america and china and what we can learn from them was it to derail that because this conversation went nowhere well we let that happen i mean it was pretty clear within like the first three minutes that he was schizophrenic and we just we talked to him for another 20 minutes after that so i mean that's on us not Uh, not the government that's true i mean i definitely (laughs) i find uh crazy to be pretty fascinating sometimes like just i want to go down the rabbit hole and see where i mean it's never going to go anywhere right but to just kind of see where in their mind they're coming from where does this come from i mean when we can have a dialogue with them like we could with ryan absolutely mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's a fascinating insight to how the human mind can work it's scary fascinating like frightening kind of fascinating i mean because that could be any one of us yeah well it could be and also this person is is clearly somebody who you know, allegedly threatened a governor over whatever belief systems that uh, that he has. Now, maybe that story's not true, too, but I suspect it probably is. And if nothing else, what did he say? He spent three years in isolation? Mm-hmm. Isolation. That's not going to help. I- isolation can destroy your sanity mm-hmm. for, for small periods of time, but right. three years? Yeah, if he was a little bit crazy before he went into isolation for three years, guaranteed there's no yeah. turning back. 
at that point. I mean, that is torture, generally considered to be torture to keep somebody away from other human beings. And that's what isolation does to you. So very, very scary stuff. Uh, I did look, by the way, to see if Wozniak has any connections to Albuquerque because I was surprised, right? Like to Who's find Steve out Wozniak? I've heard the name before. He's one of the co- um, co-founders of Apple Computer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Steve, he mentioned Steve Jobs. He mentioned Steve Wozniak. Those are the two, I believe, two of the founders of Apple. And then, of course, Bill Gates, uh, the founder of Microsoft. So I was surprised to find out that that part was true, that Bill Gates actually founded Microsoft apparently in Albuquerque, but I don't see any evidence here, at least at, at a first glance. Yeah, did he still code from some camp? That, that was in Washington, the state of Washington, I think. I don't know. I, we learned all of this, the history of personal computers when I was in you know junior high and high school, but I don't remember any of it. I, I'm sure I learned that he was in Mexico at some point or New Mexico at some point. But you know, the reason I was curious about his memory hard drive thing was because I, I you know have a degree in, in IT, IT and I did IT work for the better part of 10 years. I have a pretty good understanding of memory and how it functions, but I couldn't gain anything. It's not like he didn't say anything that was sense. wrong. Yeah. It was just useless. Like have this memory taught to the other memory. Like, okay. Okay. You're eight years old, dude. And yeah. why wouldn't those two people who were asking him the question already have figured that out? It doesn't, seems it's kind of simple, right? Yeah. It's a ridiculous. Well, I've had some really both. I never thought about that yeah. you know <laughs> i've had some really boneheaded moments where i'm like doing something in my studio with a guitar or whatever and someone comes along and says why don't you just cut the knot right instead of trying to unravel this great yeah. confusing thing just take this and plug it into that and oh duh solved yeah. yeah well you were too deep within whatever you were looking at to really see the solution that's true that's why you want to get another pair of eyes on something and it's certainly not unheard of for um what is it they say uh, from the mouths of babes right like Kids are good at just saying the obvious thing or saying a thing that maybe you didn't think about, right? So, I mean, it's not it's not an entirely unbelievable claim on its face, but it is when he, like, what was the term he used? That he invented the RAM or the computer memory hard drive? Like, he, he, like, he just kind of, like, jumbled a couple of computer terms together. Yeah, and memory I mean, is very different from hard drives. Well, but the layman but, doesn't really understand that, which is why I right. was curious. Yeah, and I don't feel like this person is more than a layman as and far I don't as even think if, computer knowledge is concerned. I don't think if I was a kid and I told Bill Gates and the other guy that, that I would have any claim to money for it. It would just yeah. be a conversation. Like... Unless the dad already had a contract, which he admitted that they didn't. The dad was like, oh, we got to get lawyers involved after. Yeah, it wasn't until much, much later that computer hard drives became RAM-based, right? So solid-state drives are actually not spinning disks anymore. They're actually memory chips, basically, as I understand it. Um, I never thought about it like that, But I don't think that's what he was talking about, and it certainly didn't happen in 1989. More coming up. Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here, and you can literally bring up anything you want, even if it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I'm uh, trying to find the uh, the story about him allegedly threatening the governor of New Mexico. I couldn't the find prior it. The caller? Yeah, the pr- previous caller who believes that he invented the hard drive RAM connection or something in the 1980s when he was an eight-year-old child who happened to wander into 
a computer store allegedly run by Bill Gates and Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, who were competitors in the computing world, I'm pretty sure by that time. Uh, but uh, it was a very, it was a unique story. Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. find, I couldn't find anything about the governor per se, but he did uh, get accused in 2015 of threatening a state senator with something. Uh, ended up being cleared of the charges. Says here that uh, Ryan Summers left a profanity-laced voicemail to a man named Pete Domenici, Domenici? Uh, in the Mexico State Domenici Institute. Summers accused the former New Mexico senator of being involved in a program that turned James Holmes into a mass murderer. I mean, this sounds like the guy we just spoke to. Yeah, yeah. he was talking about that James Holmes guy. Holmes opened fire, if you may recall, in a Colorado movie theater. After undergoing psychiatric evaluation, Summers was released from the Torrance County Jail. Officials say he does not pose a risk to others. Let's go to the phones here. We've got Major Payne on the line. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, that last caller sounded like quite a firecracker. <clears throat> he's got, well, a, he's got a story to tell. Whether it's, whether you know, right, how much right of it's true, China, I don't know. Well, I'm right back to China. Um, if you look to antiquity, they invented gunpowder. Yeah. The Persians were the first ones to even figure out how to use it in a grenade. You know, an explosive factor. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I think China is finally fixing to swallow its own M80. What does that and, mean? Well, they're, they're going to have their own firecracker stuffed down their throat by their own people. Hmm. Yeah, people are uh, getting tired of being told what to do over there. You're referring to the first hour of the show where we talked about the fireworks protest, where people are going, they're out in the streets, they're launching mortars out into the air, they're driving, launching mortars out their sunroof <laughs> sunroof window uh, in a major show of disobedience to these fireworks bans that are across and the country. realizes, finally, because the Chinese never could figure out how to um, contain the power of the powder in the rifle or the cannon, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're they're finally figuring out that hey, I can empty out these firecrackers and put it in a piece of half inch pipe and make me a zip gun. Well, I don't know and, if they're uh, they're I don't that, think their intention is to I use them for just do firecrackers and arm themselves. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that uh, maybe there's some of them that have that intention. At this point, they're just partying and they're throwing, you know, they're they're shooting off fireworks into the into the sky. You're saying you think they could turn them into weapons? I think what they're doing now is more um is pow- more powerful than just killing a cop or whatever. Because it's not like Xi Jinping is going to walk up to them and then they're just going to get to blast a firework in his face and it's all going to be over. Um, it, it's more powerful to be sending a message and telling the cops you can't stop us. It's all over the country now i mean i think that it's better for them to just be you know being defiant and fireworks are loud and they're they're bright and they're colorful and they're hard to hide if you want to get someone's attention and tell them that they're not alone in their protest shoot off some fireworks you can the government can't hide that the way they could some of these protests Mm -hmm. that one it's apparent get some attention yeah you know when your neighbors are shooting off fireworks major anything else you want to share you can take a bunch of kids with bottle rock and distract the military, and then blow up whatever they're parked upon. 
They don't know the demon they created, and it's fixing to kick them in the arse. Well, I got to say, if it takes down the communist government of China, I can't say I'll be shedding any tears over it. Thank you for the call tonight, uh, Major. I appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. Just to give you the final update here on the fireworks story, again, we talked about how people were doing protests in China over the last week or so, uh, major like numbers of people in the streets shooting off a tremendous amount of uh, fireworks into the air. It's just incredible. Uh, Cops trying to crack down. According to Radio Free Asia, in an update posted to, or no, sorry, this weekend, uh, authorities in some Chinese cities have lifted fireworks bans in the wake of nationwide protests and ahead of the Lunar New Year on January 22nd, while some have doubled down on the ban, punishing local residents for setting off fireworks as an example, according to Chinese media reports. Local governments in Dongying and Binzhou cities in the eastern province of Shandong have announced via their official websites that fireworks and firecrackers will be allowed to usher in the Year of the Rabbit. And authorities in Beijing and the northeastern port city of Dalian will allow fireworks within limited hours until the first month of the lunar calendar. So they're backing off a little bit, it sounds like, and then they're going to try to bring back the, the ban. Well, they've got to do something. I mean, fireworks on the new year, that, that's sort of going to happen. So it doesn't seem like the Chinese government is really learning a lot. They're just sort of, they seem to know what they can and can't get away with. And they're, they're not interested in pushing it at this point. In that's pa- my takeaway. In the past few days, a lot of places have announced cases of people being punished for illegally setting off fireworks as a warning, it said. This is uh, according to some press release. Uh, citing administrative penalties handed out in pol- uh, by police in Wenzhou City in the eastern Zhejiang province. Wait, wait, I'm confused about the warning. Was the person setting off the firework as a warning or was the person punished as a warning? Punishing them as a warning to what others. What is that? A oh, warning to that, others. You know, we're going to arrest you and sentence you and then hopefully your associates will stop setting off fireworks. That's just a barbaric way of doing, quote, justice. Well, right? That's how it always is. I know, but it's so they do barbaric. It in the US, I know. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less barbaric, no. though. To punish one person to deter another person from committing a crime, that's what what justice is served by doing that. And it almost never works. It's just like whipping boys of the Middle Ages. It might as well be returning to that. Punish this person instead of that person. Look make an happened. example of them. It's, uh, it's look what happened with Ross Ulbricht. You know, they yep. they specifically said when sentencing him for running a website the Silk Road, uh, when he was sentenced to two life sentences plus 40 years, it was, quote-unquote, to send a message. And has that ended underground drug marketplaces on the internet? No, of course not. And that's, Is that what you thought judges' jobs were supposed to do in this country? To send a message? To send messages to other people? These underground markets, just like torrenting, it's a hydra. You cut off one head and two will grow in its place every single time. It quoted county officials in the northern province of Hebei as saying the ban will continue and scotching, quote, fake news that set off fireworks and fire that setting off fireworks and firecrackers can disinfect the air. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Kill the COVID-19 virus. Hold on. Who, run this by was, me again. Yeah, who was setting, sending that disinformation? <laughs> uh, I. It's not clear here. This may be the. I, I don't know. I didn't I catch it's... any of it. Uh, like. <laughs> My brain was not prepared to, to process this, that. Yeah, I'm trying to read this paragraph here. It just says here, uh, the bans will remain in place in some some places. 
and they're saying they're, they're handing out the penalties, which is what we said, and then it quoted county officials in Hebei province as saying the ban will continue and, quote, fake news. So they're trying to uh, – apparently the government is trying to counter fake, quote-unquote, fake news that may be going, going on amongst the people, allegedly, where they believe that setting off fireworks and firecrackers can disinfect for COVID-19. That's just really bizarre. I would have thought it was the other way around. <laughs> or is... Like that the government was trying to say, oh, don't worry, these people who aren't protesting, the people who are protesting are just trying to disinfect for ni- COVID-19. Maybe, maybe that's... No, no, but it's not because the government's trying to disband or, you know, stop that disinformation. So I right. can't imagine but maybe it. it's but, still being made up by the government, right? Oh. So maybe... Uh, yeah. The, Maybe this is like a really lame-o story the government is making up to try to excuse exactly. why people are setting off fireworks. Oh, mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's not a protest against the fireworks bans. It's because they all heard fake news that you could oh. get rid of COVID. I think that's it. And that's yeah. that's such so a bizarre lame. take. that I, I can't imagine any other explanation. Because the people of China, they're not stupid. They, they know... That fireworks are not going to disinfect the air. I mean, I don't know. It it, it, it makes sense in, in a weird sort of way, right? <laughs> like, the, it is a little mini explosion, and there's probably not too many germs and bacteria that can survive through an explosion. So maybe in that sense that they... But no, no one in China is setting off fireworks because they think it's disinfecting the air of COVID-19. That, that's not what happens. It's happening. <laughs> And I feel you're absolutely right. The Chinese government is, they're doing damage control here. No, they're not yeah. protesting. You know, but no, 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 no. See, they think. They're just ignorant. Yeah. They think they're curing COVID-19. Right. That, that's, that's why this is happening. You know, this, this <laughs> makes me disbelieve a lot more the idea that the people or anyone in China is like upset that the lockdowns are over. I mean, I'm sure some amount of people are like the most brainwashed people probably are, you know, like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Just like the people that are still wearing masks around here. Yeah. But I'm just saying it makes me disbelieve that it's like, oh, most, you know, Chinese people, because there was something in, in earlier in this article that made it seem like, you know, people are venting because they're upset that the lockdowns are over because they're scared of COVID. I mean, I don't believe Hard it. to say. Uh, commentator Keen Peng, based in New York, uh, was looking at the situation. He says this, uh, the Chinese people have so much pain and anger stored up from the last three years that a lot of places have erupted under the pressure. He says further, the authorities know very well they have provoked public anger and that it's not just among a minority group, but that it runs right through all of China's cities and villages. Uh, King suggested that the ruling Chinese Communist Party could even have a superstitious aversion to explosives designed to scare away evil spirits. He said, quote, they say, of course, that it's for reasons of safety or cleanliness, but firecrackers have another meaning, which is exercising evil spirits, and the party knows itself to be evil, he said. I like that take on it. It's it's, it's an interesting take, but do they actually, you know, do people in government... How many of the people in government actually think of themselves I think as that evil? A lot of them do. Like, uh, like saying that they don't is kind of like absolving them of their things they're doing. It's like maybe there is a certain uh, portion that believe like I'm doing the right thing. Like the lower people, the people who are just pencil pushers in the FBI. Yeah, they probably mm-hmm. think they're doing the right thing. But the people in the top, like Xi Jinping, how could you possibly believe you're doing the right thing? There's just... N- 
I can't conceive of that. I think they're psychopaths and they don't care who they hurt to get what they want. Well, and we it's can't, the only explanation, really. We can't yeah. conceive of it because we don't like controlling other people. We, there, there's not a bone in my body that wants to control the lives of other people. And I right. suspect the same is true of yeah, you but as he, well. He doesn't just want to control the lives of other people because he wants to make their lives better. He's doing things like killing people. But he thinks that's, that's making everything better. Does he think that killing Uyghur Muslims is making everything better? He seems to. From the... Chinese I think that's just excusing him. What what is what We're is not better? Excusing him? No, I'm not on purpose, but it kind of is. It's the it's the. I've always said that the uh, the argument that you have to break an egg to make an omelet just means you're, eventually you're going to be the egg that's broken, right? That's what people like mm-hmm. Xi Jinping believe. Okay, I mean, yes, it sucks. We got to kill some weaker Muslims, but it's to make the whole of society more cohesive. It's to make China more united culturally mm-hmm. and ethnically. Yeah, there's all kinds of propaganda that you know, even people like Xi Jinping or uh, Kim Jong Un, they were raised with this crap, right? Like they've been. This has been hammered into them from day zero. Uh, they've been around and they've been within the communist party they've been hit with this propaganda constantly so like they do be- I think they do believe a lot of this stuff even though it is psychopathy the, the guy probably is a psychopath I mean almost certainly right like government people in those positions you pretty much have to be a sociopath or a psychopath to uh, to seek out positions like that but that doesn't mean they're not justifying their psychopathy right like that they're they I don't know. I ha- you have to wonder about that. And will we ever find out what these people truly believe? Probably not. I think that probably most, I, I suspect most of them truly believe what they're doing is for the greater good. But human beings know that killing other people is bad. There's just no way around it. If you know that like you touch something hot, it'll hurt you. You realize that burning another person is wrong. And the thing is like psychopathy is like 1% of the entire population of the world not it's not like everywhere they could only be secondary psychopaths unless they're just it's they're just a really rare anomaly Mm. but see they don't we don't believe in the greater good they do they do believe in this existing thing this society or this the institution of china or whatever and they believe that they can make it better that it does have characteristics like cohesion and strength and unity and financial stability and all of these other things and that it's like the idea that if your finger is gangrenous you have to cut off the finger to save the hand yeah but they don't use it to make better lives for the people that would be the only explanation for making the that would be the only justification for the greater good argument like if they were making the lives better for everyone because uh, blah 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 the greater good it'd be one thing but they're systematically using that propaganda to make the lives of everyone just like equally bad and good for themselves so i just don't believe it i don't believe that they think that they're making china better i think the lives of the average chinese person has improved substantially and i hate myself for even saying this under the chinese communist party well because they did more like capitalist things for a while now they're right but that's not going to stop the communist party from taking responsibility for it and probably for believing that they were the reason it happened well then why are they cutting back on well, it well yeah xi jinping has gone back on some of the things that those advancements that did happen under whatever his predecessor was 
but a little bit more here from RFA.org. This is Radio Free Asia reporting on the fireworks protests and the protests against the COVID restrictions. A uh, democracy activist, veteran democracy activist Wang Juntao, settled in the U.S., says there's an uneasy stalemate now in China between popular anger, Communist Party leadership, and local governments. He says this is a forced compromise between Xi Jinping and local governments because Jinping can control the elite, but he cannot control mass incidents at the edges of the political system. If he won't delegate more power to local governments and they can't stamp out protests, then they have to make concessions instead. If he delegates any more power to the local governments, they could use it to turn on Xi Jinping rather than the general public, which is interesting. I did not know there was such a, uh, I guess, a conflict between the local and the national governments there in China. I think neither is kind of surprising to hear that, you know, the local government in Shanghai could conceivably turn against Xi Jinping. I mean... You would think they would have some serious influence, right? I mean, Shanghai is a city of 25 million people. It's so. weird, though, because, I mean, they did everything Xi Jinping wanted them to in the lockdowns. They did. Uh, so, and they destroyed their economy as a result of it, right? So maybe they're feeling uh, some remorse for that. He says all he can do is compromise given the situation. Kin, uh, one of the other analysts here said both the fireworks protests and the white paper movement of late november that was followed by an abrupt end to z's zero COVID policy in early december has shaken the communist party's system of governance quote the communist party wants to make temporary concessions because they imagine that it's a way of releasing the pressure of public anger and resentment however he said the approach could backfire saying further Firstly, any concessions made by the Communist Party will encourage ordinary people and help them realize that resistance is valuable and can force the government to compromise if it's successful. They then believe that they should keep up their resistance if there is a problem. And so, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, that was similar to your analysis, I think, earlier here tonight, Aria, that you know, these people are being emboldened by their successes and they're taking up another issue now with the fireworks and now they're having some success on this issue as we've pointed out some cities have rolled back the fireworks restrictions some are trying to crack down but with the level of disobedience we're seeing in the streets at least from the video clips that are coming out from china i think this bodes well for the future of those uh, people's freedom I think the conflict between the local governments and the the federal government, whatever they're calling in China, also bodes well for the freedom of the people. If yeah, it's possible let's that drive that wedge in further, yeah. If it's possible that Xi Jinping's power structure is being weakened because he's having to delegate more power to the cities in order to keep the people happy, that sounds like a good thing to me. Less centralization, right? Maybe there should be a Chinese secession movement. Well, they. If, good luck. Yeah, good them. luck. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't going to be easy. Whatever, you, whatever you're going to get, whatever concessions you're going to get in China, it's going to be rough, right? Like, and it always is. Trying to change these, uh, these situations involve taking serious risks, people putting their, their lives and their freedom, whatever freedoms that they have in China, on the line. And it's going to be, you know, somebody's, somebody's going to a prison cell. Perhaps it takes less risk in China, though, which, which is sort of my point earlier, that the Chinese government is so unaccustomed to protest that any protest gets a result. Whereas mm. in the United States, it you do nothing. have to go to a more extreme length. That's a good point. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, you are on the air. What's your name, caller? Uh, Jamie. Jamie, calling from Alabama. Yes, sir. All right. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I heard about this young athlete that 
younger than me in his 20s. Mm-hmm. He was a football player, and he got hit in the chest during the game. And it did something to his heart. He's trying to figure out that it was if it was the COVID shot or not. Oh, is this the football uh, clip from over the weekend or sometime last week? It was yeah, a week or two ago. Yeah, I, I looked it up yeah. and stuff, but they haven't like come out and said it's not like his hospital came out and said this is what it was or anything like that. Well, but if he's in the NFL, it's almost certainly he's been vaccinated, right? Yeah, he's definitely has to have been vaccinated, but it's just I don't know. And this guy's in his twenties, as I understand it, correct? He's yeah, like twenty three. I heard he's like twenty something. I forgot his name yeah. though, but he's like in his twenty, twenty something, twenty seven. I think it's not like normal 30s. for a twenty three year old to just pass out like we've seen but it's different in this case because he got hit in the chest like mm-hmm. i'm not saying that it's it cannot be the vaccine i just don't want to jump to the conclusion and make myself look silly if somebody getting hit in the chest is the reason that well, they passed out there's plenty of young people who are in sports who are literally dying on the field in so many different occasions it's shocking how often it's happening in the last couple of years so i mean if that doesn't have anything to do with the vaccine i don't know it's hard to say that this is you know this is definitely not normal yeah well everybody was shocked out about it i mean on the radio there's praying over this dude you know and he's athlete i'm not so (laughs) i mean it was kind of shocking how would an athlete in his 20s yeah all right. Well, a professional for- athlete at that, like top physical condition yeah. at the top of his field, presumably. I mean, even if you're not the best NFL football player, if you're even in the NFL, you're, you're at you're the top. A, yeah, you're a damn good athlete. And 20 something years yeah. old. Yeah, but, you know, as Bonnie pointed out, he was in a highly physical. Con- There's a reason that so many of these people have brain damage after their careers. For I mean, sure. this is a very physical oh, right. sport. So it's not at all unlikely that he just got hit in the chest in the wrong way. You beat somebody with a sledgehammer in the chest, and eventually they're probably going to have cardiac arrest. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, good point. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, anything else you want to share? Dude, he was a, a loud wire. <laughs> was there Why anything you else you wanted to share tonight, Jamie? Summer's guy was a live wire. <laughs> Who? A live wire. The summer's guy was a live wire. wire. Oh, yeah, the caller. crazy. The caller from earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Watch yeah. I forgot his first name already. <laughs> good luck to him. I, uh, I, I don't know how you... I, I can't even imagine going through life uh, like that. And, and I thank you, Jamie, for the call here tonight. I, it's just so frustrating because, you know, some people who are uh, crazy like that, like they can take care of themselves, right? Like they can, you know, they can clean their house. Some of them are actually really good at cleaning, <laughs> cleaning things, right? So like it doesn't just because he might be uh, schizophrenic doesn't mean he can't necessarily live without assistance. You know, he doesn't need right. somebody to wipe his butt for him or, or whatever. But man. How do you work? How how do you? What kind of jobs can you can you hold down when you're like that? I suspect he could hold down any sort of job. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem like he was unstable. Certainly. I don't want to put him in touch with customers. I'll tell you that. Maybe he can ha- you know handle like a stock room, uh, pulling product and putting it in a box or something like that. But I, I would not want him interacting with you know, potential clients. Front desk at a hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. Plenty of time for like a small talk. He's there. going to be giving them stories, and then uh, they're not going to want to come, you know, work wherever or buy things from you or whatever. That's fair. I, I mean, I don't think people should be institutionalized against their will necessarily. I don't either. I mean, I suspect there's some percentage of the population that like needs that, but I, I, there I don't, is unfortunately, yeah. and that's something that libertarians have a tough time with. Right. I heard somebody telling me that I needed. I can't remember if it was a caller. I think somebody called in and said like I needed. I, I needed to be put into the hospital that sounds familiar yeah well i've definitely been in circumstances where i've seen that happening uh there was a guy that was living across the street we had to 
disarm at one point because he had lost his mind due to lack of sleep. And we could not get him in a place where he was going to be okay. And so we had to call uh, and have him committed. And it's, it's hard for somebody that cares about individual freedom to do that. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program here. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria joining you tonight. The phones are open. If you want to join us, you can. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Lots of different things that you can do at uh, freetalklive.com, including download the show. We've got the podcast is back to its old ways back uh, prior to September when we did some experimenting uh, with the podcast there for a little while. And uh, didn't our experiment didn't work. Uh, we were hoping that going Daily Digest only would uh, encourage more sharing, more views, uh, or more listens, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, we, we changed our mind on that one and went back to the old ways where you get all of the content in the feed. And if you don't like some of it, well, we have filtered feeds that you can subscribe to. So if you still just want to get the Daily Digest only, you can do that. Just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. There's a special feed there for that. There's also a feed if you only you, know, you don't like the digest, you just want to get just the show. There's a feed for that too, which is somewhat more understandable. Like if you're going to listen to the full show, then there's literally nothing for you in the digest because the digest only has the content that you can also find in the full show. The digest just cuts it down into an easily digestible thirty correct minutes best of that episode. So, uh, so yeah, check that out at feeds.freetalklive.com. And, of course, there's the, the normal feed, which has all of those things in it. Maybe some days you want the digest. Maybe some days yep. you don't want the digest. You're, t- you're, you know, you're pressed for time, so you need the digest, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's up to you how you can consume what we put out there, which you can learn more about at feeds.freetalklive.com. All right, so, Arya, you found a type of surgery tonight that was a surprise to you, and and you've done a little bit of research on surgeries. You've gone under the knife at least once or so in the last uh, year. Twice. Yeah. As it turns out. Yep. I was going to say, is there like public about that? Some people I didn't don't want to reveal say- it. I, I appreciate was- that. I-, I assume there was a reason you were. Yeah, I knew you, I, I knew you had mentioned you had had a surgery, but I, you didn't say how many or exactly what. Uh, yeah, I've had two surgeries for anyone curious. I, I have to find. The- Here it is. Uh, one of them was a forehead contouring, a brow mm-hmm. lift, so to speak, a facial feminization, basically. That, that was yep. the simpler of the two procedures. The other is a lawsuit waiting to happen at some Oof. point. Well, I can't, what other recourse do I have, man? Mm-hmm. I had vocal surgery in January of last year, and I did everything I was supposed to do. I quit smoking beforehand. I still have, still not, quit smoking. have not had a cigarette or any nicotine yep. in more than a year. Super proud of Congrats. that. Congrats. Right, we've you. been a year on drinking. Awesome. Yep. I don't know the exact day that I quit smoking because the last cigarette I smoked, it meant nothing to me. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I quit smoking on this day. This mm-hmm. is my last one. I'm like, I legitimately don't know. It was somewhere in December or January. That's all I know because okay. it was meaningless to me. It was just, here's gross the thing I've been doing. It wasn't, well, it was gross, but not, it, it was gross because of the chantix that I was yeah. not making yeah. it more gross. Anyway, 
So I ended up having vocal surgery as well. And Adam's apple reduction, trachea shaving is what they call it. Sounds super painful when they put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly the vocal surgery was botched. I I don't know what else to say at this Mm. point. My voice has never recovered, and from what I can tell, it's never going to recover. It certainly isn't feminized. It's it it's slightly higher pitched than it was. What do you mean by recover? Like, there's no depth to it. There's no strength to my voice. If someone mm-hmm. breaks into my house and tries to murder me, no one will hear me screaming for help because my voice just isn't there. It can't make that volume of noise. Mm-hmm. So yes, two different surgeries, but the, those were, as I mentioned previously, in the in the. Direction of making myself more what I want to be, uh, feminizing myself, transitioning. I'm trans, as you know, listeners may not be aware. Everyone has something about their body that they don't like. Sometimes it's a minor thing. Sometimes it's a major thing, right? Like, I don't like my broad shoulders. Not enough to do anything about it, right? Okay. I didn't like my muscles. Not enough to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy that You're we're usually talking- better off being okay with yourself, right. even though you don't might might not like a thing or two because as you pointed out here surgery has serious risks yes right? anytime you go under the knife uh there's there's a risk of death there like is anytime you you have surgery you can die from the anesthesia being done wrong yeah yeah so i mean it's 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 pretty serious so what's this guy doing Some so other- this guy is getting leg lengthening surgery but as you point out any any surgery is it's a matter of risk like is this a thing that's serious enough that i'm willing to die to have it fixed <laughs> It's basically what you have to ask yourself, yeah. Yeah, because no matter what the chance of death actually is, there's always some chance of death, especially mm-hmm. for some of these uh, facial surgeries and feminization surgeries, like yeah. this one where they, they literally cut off my face, chiseled away bone, and they put my so, face back on, right? That sounds so crazy. So much can go wrong in that. Yeah. So you got it, and did didn't you have headaches for? Months? Yeah, and I still do, and and there's still two bumps, but again, oh, loss lawsuits waiting to happen. Th- those aren't. As big a concern to me as the yep. voice thing. So this guy, he's he's short. He's five foot two. Of course he is. And I can sympathize. I can sympathize with the plight of short people. One of my one of my co- best friends is short. And mm. I mean like short, probably five three, five four, something yeah. like that. And one it's tough for a guy. A guy? Yeah, it, oh. yeah, it can't it can't be easy, man. And I say this as someone who's a little over six feet tall. I'm not unusually tall, but I'm taller than the average American. It, it's got to be difficult. It has to be, especially considering women tend to like taller guys. They do. And this guy mentions this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to skip part of it and get right into the article here. Where's it from? I'm sorry, you might have already said it. It's but... from Business Insider. Okay. As a school counselor, Ibram Algen's job and I'm going to butcher his name repeatedly. I'm just going to go with Abraham, Okay, was to help young people solve their problems, yet he couldn't solve his own, a serious height complex. Mm. And this is why I sympathize with him, why I understand his desire to have the surgery, right? If you're five foot two, people have been picking on you for your height and making jokes about your height your entire life. Even if they're good-natured and you've learned to adapt and laugh about it, it's going to cause some issues. Abraham, who's now 30, is from the city of Adana in southern Turkey. He was five foot two and has strong feelings about his height. If you're shorter, people don't take you as seriously as a tall person, he told Insider. And this is another thing where I work at. There's two assistant managers, there's myself, and there's the short person I was talking about. If mm-hmm. People, when they go into a place, they're inclined and to... And he's a manager as well, isn't he? Yes, he's. Okay. there's two assistant managers. There's me and him. Okay, got it. And when people go into a place, they're inclined to find the male in charge. When I worked at Radio Shack, I saw this extensively. And we had a female general manager, mm-hmm. and no one ever went to they her with their questions. Her. Yeah. Right. Well, it was just a thing that 
people did when they go yeah. into a store and they want to ask a question. They they find the man in charge, right. and it was like, well, let me let me ask our boss, and then you go ask a girl, and it's because watch them have a you know little blue screen what? of death temporarily. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, this person that I work with, he's short, and people never, like, go to him. And it's because he... No, I said I wanted the manager. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. And, and I can only imagine how that affects someone through their whole life, yeah. right? I, th- I so. think being short as a man is definitely a lot worse in society uh, than being short as a woman. But it happens to me all the time. I get constantly talked to you like I'm a little kid. Actually, at the post office, the lady said... What can I do for you, kiddo? <laughs> oh, God. You're in your mid-20s. I know. It's crazy. And, and yeah. like, um, the other day I went to return something, and it's not like she said kiddo, but it's just mm-hmm. a certain way people talk to me sometimes that I'm just like, they act like they're, like, being nice to a little kid. Oh, your mom let you have the credit card? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And, like, I'm, I'm just going to start talking to them like I think they're so old, they probably mm. should be in home, and I hope that they're... Go- is, are you driving yourself home? That's <laughs> oh, my oh, my God, please do. That's awesome. <laughs> are you driving yourself home today? I love that example. That's That's fantastic. But, you know, it, it, I think it speaks a lot that the people who come into this place, they're, they're more likely, they're more willing to engage with a trans person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than they are a short person, mm-hmm. right? If, if, they, if you give them the option between the two of us being in charge, you got the tall tranny mm-hmm. and, and the short cis with dude. With the red hair. Yeah. Bright red hair. And they, they tend to go to me instead. Yeah. Very, wow. very curious. It says something about people. I it don't does. know what it says, but yeah. you're welcome to think about it. So this guy, Ibrahim, said if you're shorter, people don't take you as seriously as they do a tall person. Mm-hmm. He said he felt he wasn't confident enough to help students at his school. I strongly believe that charisma is one of the must-have features in leadership. When you're short, you start one zero down. Did it say he was a high school uh, guidance counselor? I think he's, I know they said guidance counselor. Uh, they didn't specify what age, I don't think. Because there's it a just a school counselor. Yeah, if he's a high school counselor, most of the students are probably taller than him. Probably, but right. if you're seated behind a desk, that's less obvious, and that's okay, probably but you're going to walk around the halls okay, at yeah, some fair point. So Abraham, who they this article has helpfully used his weird last. No offense to the guy, he's you know Turkish. They've used his weird last name throughout all of this instead of just calling him Abraham. So I'm that's, having to. That's yeah. how they do it. In Abraham movies. said his colleagues made jokes about his height at least once a week. And again, this happens mm. with my short coworker. He makes the jokes more often than not. But it's, it's just that's like a, a fat person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a fat person making fun yeah. of the fact that they're fat. It's absolutely. He said he felt tall. People around him were more popular and had more opportunities. They were more advantageous in both private relationships and yep. recruitment. He said he'd never forgotten his first girlfriend telling him that she wished he was taller. Oh, that's geez. really sad. Yeah. yeah. When I read that, I was like, that's literally so sad. But it can be, probably happens all the time, right? That's, that's, and it, it is one of those screwed up double standards where a girl can say to a guy, oh, you're too short, but he can't say to her, that's okay, you're too fat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could. I, I, I think there should be. A, yes, but oh my God, then you're fat shaming. Mm, well, whatever. I agree, but... <laughs> To that type of person, you're not allowed to do that. You sure. can you can turn someone down all day long for being short, but because they're trans or because they're fat, no. Well, that's the thing. Well, most people, you can do something about your weight, right? You can't, right. Unless you want to cut your body open like this guy apparently did, uh, there's really not much you can do about your height. And uh, and some people have said that that people pointing people who have been fat and are no longer have looked back and actually thanked the people that gave them a hard time because it actually, in some cases, woke them up and made yeah. them feel like they needed to do something about it. 
I'm not saying I support There's being mean to, right. to people, but if you are a friend or a you know somebody who cares about a person, maybe it's not a bad thing to bring it to their attention. Like you know, maybe they've let themselves go too long, and they just need someone to say, "Hey, what are you doing to yourself?" I mean, in yeah. general, it's unhealthy to be overweight. It absolutely, that's is. why it's this, overweight. Yeah, there's this ridiculous propaganda that's going on now to try to pretend like being fat is healthy, and it's ridiculous. No, being being healthy is healthy, right? I understand yeah. that most Americans are too skinny, right? We, we but the the ancient Greeks they were wait, fuller. Wait, wait. Did you say most Americans are too skinny? Okay, have you looked Let, around? Okay, yes. No, most Americans no. are too fat. Okay, yeah. Americans idolize the people who go too far the other direction and who are too skinny. That that's mm. what I meant to say. Mm. Whereas it's okay. okay to have a little meat on your bones. Sure, but to the average American, no. If you're not a supermodel with a thigh gap and all these other things and you weigh 12 pounds like a 18 you know 12 pounds then mm-hmm. you're overweight that's how they average- aren't even real anyway they're right. all uh you know photoshopped yeah. you know back in the old days they were airbrushed but i remember when i was like in my early 20s reading an article about Kira knightley who was in the pirates of the caribbean movies yeah. who, who she was remarking about how she was told by her agent that she wouldn't be able to get the role because she was overweight whoa <laughs> wow Kira knightley who, what, 120 pounds at the most? Soaking wet? It's just insane how people take things in the other direction. Even if she's like heavier than that, she's, at least during the, because I've only seen her in Pirates of the Caribbean, she's like proportional and nice looking. She's not fat at all. Yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, so he researched, so Abraham researched methods that claimed to help a person grow taller. He took powders and pills to increase his height. He played basketball, swam, and jumped. And we've all been there when you don't like Sorry, something man. about your party, yeah. when you don't like something about yourself, right? As a trans Didn't person, work. I've been there. I was like, okay, I can, this will feminize my face. Let's take it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't do anything or insert whatever cure it's supposed to have. And it does not think. No. No. I used to hang from a bar minutes before going to sleep almost every night. Man. I used reflexological insoles that claimed to stimulate height increase. <laughs> so, I mean, he wore the little magnetic bracelets, right? Yeah. That was supposed to help heal him or whatever. Nothing worked, obviously, except for shoes with hidden heels that made him up to three inches taller. Okay. But they weren't enough. It was like a false dream. Every time I took off shoes, I was facing reality again. My obsession was getting bigger every day. And I think... Mm. I think it's fascinating how much self-awareness he has about this issue. He knows that his obsession with height was an obsession, yeah. and it was yeah. unhealthy, and it was driving him to do unhealthy, desperate things. Right? Yeah, like people who just think they're ugly and put like way too much makeup on to where it's just like a, a basically like a mask. I think that uh, a lot of the times they, you know, just keep doing it because they want to cover their face up, and maybe one day somebody, I don't know, they just need. Confidence to be told like, oh, you you look good naturally in some way, but mm-hmm. they don't see it basically. But this guy saw what he was doing when he took his shoes off. So after two rounds of leg lengthening surgery, Abraham added five inches to his height. Was that at me with the makeup thing? No, <laughs> I'm oh. I, I do wear a lot of makeup. So Abraham, is it going to tell us how they do this? I, I hope not, but I, I'm curious about it, right? Because where do you add five inches to I, someone's I height, right? I mean, you got to are we grafting bone in or something like that? What do you know about the muscle? It, it and explains the it, and it's crazy. Because right. I mean, you can't just add five inches of bone because then the muscle right, doesn't reach. Right. So he didn't tell anyone about his first operation in February 2015, thinking they wouldn't understand. He's right. Most people wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. 
most people don't have these sort of severe issues with their body. And if they do, they just, oh, I can just deal with her. And he said there was two yes. operations? Okay. Each of them made him about two and a half inches taller, as wow. it turns out. It made him 2.4 inches taller. When people noticed, he said that he had a bone deformity and needed surgery to rectify it. He had a second operation in March of 2020 that added another 2.4 inches to his height. Hmm. A 2020 review of outcomes of cosmetic limb lengthening surgery found the most common complications were deformation of the newly generated bone after treatment had ended. So are, are they using some sort of stem cell technology to grow a person, uh, a, a lengthened bone or a bone graft? Or a, a, so That's a good guess, but it's weirder than that. It's weirder than that. Yeah. I think so. And it's in this story? It's in the article. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, because I hadn't gotten that part into it. I just All right. read this and like the gist of it is fascinating of someone who he knows how unhealthy his obsession was and yet he goes on to found his own turkey-based clinic that offers leg lengthening surgery. So instead of being a counselor or a therapist like he's trained to do and help people mm-hmm. work out these issues, he's like, hey, pay some money and make it go away. Don't mm. don't fix your unhealthy obsession with therapy and introspection and you know making different life choices and learning to deal with it, just pay this $25,000 to have this unhealthy, dangerous surgery. The most unfair... You're making that number up, right? No, it's, it's about it 25000 $25,000 for Yeah, this? it was like 24000 something like that. I can I have to scroll all the way up, in which right. case, $26,850. I was going to say, the most unfair thing about this whole situation with this guy is this type of thing probably happens to him from malnutrition as a child because it's like... Um, people are, you know, supposed to be a little bit taller than that. Mm-hmm. And it most likely happened as uh, malnutrition as a, as a child. Last night when I read this article, I just remembered he was from Turkey, whatever. didn't think about it again. And today when I was listening to this book I've been listening to called Deep Nutrition, I'm not saying that this guy was part of that, but she told a story about a group of people in Turkey that were being studied because the mothers were all having uh, kids with like, they were super short, like a rare new form of dwarfism. Mm. And it turned out because uh, they used to buy or they used to make really nutritious foods in that region. And then like grocery stores and stuff like that uh, came about with like cheap, crappy foods that had like no nutrition. And all of the kids were missing uh, like and mothers were missing some really important. I don't remember which ones, but really important vitamins. And mm. it's just like you can't ever you can't just like be 25 and be like, oh, now I know that. So I'm going to start taking vitamins in it because you're done growing at that point. It's really unfair. I want to go to the phones here. We have Neil on the line in Arizona. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, you guys remember me. You want to know how they made him taller? Yes. You know know what the surgery is? Have you ever seen somebody that has broken their leg and they have around their leg, it's called an external fixator, it's like round pieces of steel with screws that are going in to hold the bones. Uh-huh, yep. Okay, they do something like that. They they put that on your leg, they break your leg, and as the bones start to grow together, they slowly extend that, make it longer, and make and, and kind of tease the, gro- the bones to keep growing, and it makes them longer. And then they let them grow together. Oh, wow. that, that's right. It says in the article, explains it in more detail. But basically, instead of like a um, kind of like a turnkey on the back of a turn, uh, wind up doll, instead of that, there's a button that would be given to the patient. So the guy, Abraham, goes home with this button. And once or however many times a day, he presses the button and it does its thing. Like 
moves the bones apart. Yeah, they like break the bones. And then, yeah, they're they're fusing oh, back together. You recoil. I'm like, yeah, that's that sounds about normal for surgery. <laughs> yeah, but surgeries freak me out. Wow. I mean, thank you for the explanation. It's again, so having had two time. surgeries, well, twenty six thousand dollars is kind of a steal. Okay, so just to be clear, this takes time, right? Like yeah. this isn't just you go in, go under the knife, and come out two inches taller. It's we break your leg, set you with this thing. And then you have to it go takes through months. Months. Yeah. He's in a wheel. He's months. in a wheelchair in some of these pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. Presumably, he did regain the ability to walk, but wow. it did at least partially take away his ability to walk. That's amazing, Neil. Uh, what else time. did you want to share? Uh, that one. Hey, Aria, you're there, right? He's I, here. I, I believe so. Aria, what are you doing on Sunday at about three oh six California time? I. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. <laughs> Fair question. Okay. I don't know. What What That'd is that, like noon our time? No, it's 6 p.m. here. 6.06. Uh, in which case, I believe I'd be at work. Why? Because I wanted you to call into the radio station that I listen on and talk to one of the guys that's on live there on K-Talks on Sundays at that time. What's the show? Rob Hanson. Rob Hansen is called what is uh, the Rob Hansen radio program he calls okay. it, and uh, he's a uh, transgender. Get okay. I feel like I, you've I told us first. about him before, or somebody has. Yeah, someone told us about a popular radio host somewhere in. I, I want to say it was New Mexico though, and not... is in Arizona. Okay. No, actually, he's in. Actually, he's in. Uh, uh, Needles, California is where technically, yeah, that's where the located. station is. Yeah. yeah. If you want to shoot me an email at aria at freetalklive.com, that's the best way because I'm going to forget everything about tonight's show as soon as I leave here tonight. But if you can email me at aria at freetalklive.com, that'll remind me. And I may not be able to do it this Sunday, but I can certainly schedule out the time for me to call and talk to this guy. But what, what kind of thing if did I, you want Aria to talk to him about? Transgenderness. No. Okay. Okay. Not right. my favorite Anyhow, topic, I, but sure. If I can get to some place where I can get a, get to a uh, internet site. Currently, I don't have internet at home, and I don't even have it on my phone. So, uh, all right. Well, I made a note be, here uh, right. for Aria in case she wants to and, do and, that. And the the call the call the call in number, if you do remember, is eight five 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 eight six nine one three four. Ian's writing that down. So Ian's making a note, and I will add Thanks, it to my Neil. calendar for a few weeks from now so that I can, I mean, stay listening to the show, and I will let you know when I've scheduled out a time for me to call this guy and hopefully talk to him. Or I'll, I think I'll email him first and try to set something up. Thank you, Neil, for the call tonight. appreciate it. Uh, we or got her. time for you. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up absolutely anything you want. Uh, a little bit more on this leg lengthening thing that's going on and sounds pretty intense Uh, there's more coming up this is free talk live It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Do want to say thank you to Jack, who is a Free Talk Live supporter. 
of our AMPS program. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com and you can help support what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's a way to directly support our mission to spread the ideas of peace and liberty and freedom and uh, good economics and that sort of thing all across the United States and beyond to the internet as well. We've got about 170 plus great radio stations that air the show at various different times throughout the week. We can have more than that and people like Jack make that possible. So thank you, Jack, for doing that over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's where you can sign up. It's our Patreon. You can use your debit card, credit card, your PayPal account. You get some perks like access to the Amp Only podcast that has the full radio show without recorded commercials. And there are some other bennies that you'll get as well. So head on over to amps.freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Arya. Uh, of course, we're in our third hour. That means everybody decides it's time to call in to this open phone show. So Naturally. We're, we're going to go back to it. But if we get the chance, we'll dig further into this story about the leg lengthening surgery, uh, which is a shocker, but apparently it's a thing. Uh, we go first to Bob. He's in West Virginia. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Uh, listen, I'm sure a lot of folks haven't heard yet that day before yesterday, President Biden had come out with a his recent executive order directing the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, and other departments in his administration to draw up plans on how to move the United States into a cashless society, which means that you would no longer be carrying cash. You'd have a digitized card, and the, and the Federal Reserve would uh, load your card for you, and uh, you would transfer all of your uh, funding to those who work. Let's say the the kid next door mows your lawn, you're supposed to transfer some of that money to his account. And uh, that's the way you do business. Now in China, they're saying this is a great idea. You keep hearing about how the Chinese model is the best. Well, in China, they, uh, they have social scores. Mm-hmm. That's how much money you get or how much currency you get put into your account by what books you read. Uh, what you buy, how long uh, you spend playing video games, uh, and all these uh, other uh, partisan uh, requirements for getting a good social score or a poor social score. You, there is a, a, a an electrical engineer in 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 China. He cannot even take a flight on an airplane because he has criticize the government on various points right this is all the reason more reason that people shouldn't you know like these digital currencies because without the digital i mean that that's what it's shaping out to be it's a mark of the beast sort of thing where uh if you have a digital wallet with the federal reserve or the u.s government or whatever and they don't like what you say they just turn off your ability to use money facebook pay has something very similar and they wanted something even worse where like if they weren't happy about what you said on Facebook, bam, there you go. No more being able to send or receive money on Facebook. Similar things with PayPal, right. Cash App, and other competitors to that. The issue exactly. is that we That's already have yeah, we already have a dollar that is like 98 99% digital at this point. It, we already have a digital currency, man. Well, 61% of all of our, our, all of our petty cash, petty arrangements we're purchasing stuff is done with cash but that'll all disappear you see once we illegal uh, we we get rid of cash in your wallet 
you're going to have to go through the government to buy and sell things. Yeah, we, uh, we already this. do. What I work at a pizza place, man. Exactly correct. And on okay. an average Friday, we do like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars in sales, something like that. Mm-hmm. And what percentage cash? Yeah, usually I have a deposit to make of about three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, That's we're not even amazing. doing. We're not even like one percent cash at this point. Yeah, uh, right. Bob, this is something we've been talking about. Uh, sorry, Bob, we, we just want to let you know. Uh, we've been talking about the so-called central bank digital currency now for a couple of years here on Free Talk Live. Now, when did you say this executive order uh, came into play? This was three. Uh, this was two days ago. Two days ago. And, uh, Where did you hear it? He basically hear ordered the various agencies of government to draw up a plan on how to squire in this new cashless society. Are you sure you're not talking about the one from earlier in 2022? Because there was a lot of uh, hubbub over that. This is one from day before yesterday. Where did you catch wind of this one? This was I was uh, I was surfing the net over at the library in Mm -hmm. in Charleston, and uh, I came across it. It was right there. Do you you don't happen to have the uh, number handy? Do you? The number of what? The executive order. No, I don't. I was just skimming. I was doing some. Business basically. Maybe you could just pull up like most recent executive orders or something. Yeah, I mean, just because when I looked it up, I found, yeah, I found examples from uh, an example from earlier in 2022 where there's actually a lot of mainstream media quote unquote debunking of. Like AP, for instance, has a whole article here about, oh, no, 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 this order's not about bringing in a cashless society. You know, fake news, fake news. This isn't about that. When, of course, it no, absolutely is a step is, in that direction. It's very plain and, and exact. They really do wish to squire in a cashless society. Oh, they've already done out. it, though. They've been working on that for a long time, for sure. Well, I'm saying absolute cashless. Well, it'll never be truly successful because things like cryptocurrency already exist and they provide an out from that system. But it's not, quote unquote, cash, right? That's that's still another digital currency. There's going to be people who still want to have something in their hands. Sure. And of course, you can't get rid of the gold back uh, either. That's another alternative that you can physically keep and that you can physically hand uh, to people. I'll take a look for this one here. It looks like there hasn't been one in 2023. According to I'm going to send you both white papers. Okay, feel free. I did give you my email address on that one, but I I, I think that uh, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, Bob. This is definitely some whether or not there was an order within the last two days. Bonnie says there hasn't been one yet uh, this year. Mm-hmm. It's probably I'm guessing what you probably saw was a report written about the thing that came out in 2022, which a lot of people were proclaiming was about uh, moving towards a cashless society. And I think you're right. I think that it absolutely is. They are trying to do that. That is what one of their goals is with the uh, central bank digital currency, which they are currently developing. Now, they haven't yet uh, put that into play. It's not a done deal. They're still trying to figure out how best to screw uh, the American people and keep the banks on top of everything. so Well, they, they also have to figure out the money laundering problem, too, because like they still have to have a way to get drugs to to get yeah. money to the drug dealers in Colombia to buy weapons and stuff like that. Right, plus the politicians still need a way to okay. get paid off. Right. So they got to figure out... they got details to figure out, but Bob, thanks for the call tonight. Thanks for the heads up on the problems down there in uh, in West Virginia. we got a, a radio station with some dead air. Absolutely. Thanks for the heads up, man. I appreciate it. Uh, that's Bob there in West Virginia. And, um, you know... Canada, Canada doesn't have a CBDC yet or a completely cashless society yet, but they were turning off people's uh, bank accounts for yep. 
you know, just protesting against them right. last year. Yeah, PayPal wanted to do something similar recently. I think they they dialed it back a little bit due to pushback. But central bank digital currencies, they're, they're certainly scary. I'm not a Christian unless you subscribe to the notion that Satanism is a denomination of Christianity. And hmm. I, I sort of, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you to take that position. Anyway, I'm not a Christian, yeah. but the this central bank digital currency thing, it has every... Every facet to it that you would expect the mark of the beast, sure as does. mentioned in the book of Revelation, to have. It's a method yeah. of control. It's a way, I mean, if, you don't have the, if you don't have the mark, you can't buy or sell or work. Yeah, I mean, look, you can at least see this coming, right? Like, there's been decades where it's been talked about. Alex Jones, for instance, 20 years ago was, was talking about this. Hmm. Uh, they For... Last 20 years as well. I remember Alex Jones talking about implants, right? Like the chip. Everybody's going to have the chip, yep. uh, that kind of thing. We don't have that yet, but the technology is here. It's just not, they are not forcing it uh, on people just yet because right now it's good enough that everybody has a phone in their pocket and that's essentially good enough. And yeah, but, facial recognition. But how far are we from, okay, we can just have your crypto wallet implanted in a chip on the back of your hand. Then you don't have to scan any QR codes or any of that. We just It's here. The tech's yeah. here. I mean, it can be done. There are people who have done those things, yep. but it's all been done on a voluntary basis so far. And that's how they're going to roll out the CBDC is it's going to appear to be a voluntary thing. They're going yep. to convince people to accept this. They're not going to hold you down and shove the CBDC wallet onto your phone. They're going to give you a welfare payment. Well, They're people love say, convenience. They could just be like, it's like Apple Pay, but you just use your hand. Sure, and that may come around eventually, but that's not where they're going to start it. They're going to say, look, uh, here's a welfare payment. Hey, oh, you guys remember when we gave you that $1,400 check during covid well, now we're going to give you a $2,000 check. That's right. Of course, $2,000 won't buy what you know $300 did at the time you know, a few years ago. But regardless, they'll still you know, they'll come up with some arbitrary number and they'll give it away. And they'll say, look, we just want you to sign up. You're going to need this app. If you ever want to receive a payment from Social Security, if you ever want to receive your tax refund, and we just wanted to get you started on this. Come on board. You'll get your $2,000 one-time payment from the federal government. Or hell, maybe they'll even be doing a UBI by that point. And then it's like, hey, if you want to get in this UBI, this universal basic income here, 500 bucks a month. That's how they'll sell money. it. Yeah. Yep. All you got to do is sign up for this government app, this Federal Reserve app. And, uh, and so that's what it's going to be. It's going to be for the government payments, first and foremost. Then they're probably going to get the corporations, the big corporations, Walmarts, et cetera, on board to accept it as payment. Yep. And Amazon. Then, Amazon would be a key player. If they get Amazon sure. to take it, almost every American would be willing to do it. And then you'll be able to use uh, the this app to receive your paychecks eventually from these same big corporations that are willing to accept it as payments. will also be asked or told that they'll have to pay their people in this and so then the whole of corporate America will be completely taken in amongst this this particular app. You'll then only have the unbanked and the crypto hardcores and the, the people who are like the outlaw types that won't want to have anything to do with this. It's going to be... And the Christians. The Christians yeah. will hold the line on this one for a very long you time. You think so? Well, I think they'll want to. But I think that I as we learn, they got a principled bone in their body. Look no, at the, COVID. Yeah, I think as we learned from watching COVID nineteen, that if the if the Antichrist comes along and says, "Hey, hey, we're going to keep you safe, love us, embrace us, worship us," these Christians will be on their knees mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, well, saying, we, "Thank you." I think we learned that from Trump because, like, 
um, my parents completely believe like God wants us to vote for Trump. And it doesn't matter like what bad things come out about him. And the more he, you know, you know, the more the people promoting him at least uh, sounded like false prophets and everyone will be tricked. It, it didn't matter. They were like, oh, God, what the person on God TV told me to vote for Trump. Are I will they still vote for on Trump. the Trump train after four years and all the broken promises? My parents? Yeah. Yeah. They think that he's, you know, like, wow. like he's not perfect, but. See, it was COVID-19 and my grandmother and the vaccine for me because like. Watching my grandmother get the vaccine, and this was at a time when the vaccine passports was coming out and all of this, and like you and my uncle, both of whom are hardcore, you got to get the vaccine and be safe, blah, blah, wow. blah, blah, blah. They, my whole life, they had actual bunkers set up that they were terrorizing us when we were kids saying, hey, look, the Antichrist is going to take over. He's coming. This is going to happen. We've got these bunkers here. We're stockpiling them with ammunition and food because one day you're going to be patrolling these streets out in 1999. Mm-hmm. You're going to be patrolling around rifle. our house. And if yeah. you hear anything, don't ask questions. Just turn and shoot. I'm oh, 10 years old. They, they brainwashed us with this nonsense. And 20 years later, they're bending over for the beast. Amazing. Like, yes, please. Please, can I have your mark, sir? That's yeah. crazy. That's wow. really crazy. Let's go to the phones here. We got uh, Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I just want to mention that they stopped talking about building that lake uh, when they remodeled that mall. So they finally... What the hell are you talking up. about, Sarah? She called us like a, a a previously. Type, yeah, she, yeah, like she, San Antonio Riverwalk thing? Yeah, yeah. They were talking. It's like some big government building project. Oh, where they're, they're trying to copy San kind of, Antonio. Yeah, build some kind of mall. No, it's not. We don't have, we don't have a river to make like that. It's, uh, so they're going to build a lake. That, that was uh, failing. So they wanted to build a, a like a bar over a lake, man-made lake. Yeah. Up towards a way like. I mean, five miles up from the wet. The, the San Antonio one is man-made too. Mm, okay. So the thing is, it's ridiculous, and I think they put a stop to it because we. I mean, this is the. I thought you were a fan and, of this and, idea. I thought the last time you called in, you were saying this was going to be a big deal for Albuquerque and that it was going to help the, you know, the economy. And wow, now you're saying you think it's a good idea to stop it. Well, here's the thing. I I thought this was a really good idea. I I was sold on it on the news. And then mm-hmm. what happened was I talked to the one of the uh, people, I mean, one of the store owners that lived here for many, many generations, born and raised here in New Mexico. And then he brought up their how selfish they are just hoarding all the water like this. And obviously these people, <laughs> the p- developers are from out of state, like Minneapolis, Lando mm-hmm. Lakes, something like that, where they, where they have the education to build a mall, but they're not. They don't, yeah, you don't have that it. education down there in uh, New Mexico, huh? People can't build things. You got to have the out of, out of towners come in from Minneapolis. Well, of course. I just thought you left us. I just thought you left us opposed climate change. What what else would you call this? You're building a, a man made lake. Well, she's now she's now opposed to it. Oh, she talked to right, somebody who didn't like it, so she changed her mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the native people that's been here for generations. How we the water is so scarce that. We just have zero scape landscaping. People go out of their way um, to save water, and this is like being hoardish. But again, like you said, in there are no educated developers that can develop uh, proper buildings here. By the way, you are correct. Well, why the hell are you still I mean, there, Sarah? <laughs> I don't see how that's possible. Is she it legal in New Mexico to collect rainwater? 
Well, I mean, they, we have, that's a big thing is that we've been collecting rainwater. And I'm kind of thinking, like, why are these people doing this? And it dawned on me because of the water scarcity. It, and you know something? You had to ponder why people who lived in the desert were collecting rainwater, Sarah? Like, this wasn't immediately obvious to you? No, I mean, no, it took me a while for me to, Dan, why are these sort of <laughs> these bowls with this, uh, this whole bath? With the, what are these people doing here? Like, Well, Sarah maybe gets her bottled here. water from her welfare check, so she doesn't have to do that. Maybe they're just so uneducated, they don't even know they can leave. You know, it's like Pleasantville or well, something. They think this is the only place on the on Earth. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, I mean, they they do certain things well here in New Mexico. I do have to get get credit about the environmental stuff. But when it comes to planning and designing, like running like a business construction, they're not that great. In fact, when an oil company wanted to build a call center, they wanted to hire their construction people from Oregon. And then they said, no, 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 you're going to hire our New Mexico construction people. Okay, so Sarah, what do they do well there? Country. You said they do things well there in New Mexico. Like, give me an example. What is New Mexico good at? Drag races. Okay, <laughs> we're very, very environmental. We're very, um, very, we're very good with the air, uh, clean energy. We came in third for the cleanest or um, uncontaminated soil. Um, Would you have, describe building a man-made lake as being good for the environment? Well, I mean, they put a stop to it. The okay, right. People put a stop to it, people that are from here, because they stopped talking about it. So okay, then yeah. they have to have some other kind of other attraction. Uh, and they're very good with the green chili, by the way. And then the green uh, one now? Chili. experts in roasting green and growing, chili. Green chili. Okay. And they want the people want in Europe that want to buy our green chili. Okay, good know? to know. Uh, well, that that may be chili. a reason to uh, you know take that other turn to Albuquerque and stop by and have some green chili. Thanks for the call well, tonight, Well, Ian, Sarah. you know what? Your comment about Pleasantville, it's just true of people, a lot of people, not everyone, in small towns. They just act they don't like leave. this is the only part yeah. or this is the only That's place true. I could live for whatever reason. And and they and they talk, when you hear them talk, sometimes you're just like, whoa, you really don't know anything about just like the places, the states around you. No, I'm not talking about the world. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm some super worldly person like, ha, 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 you small. But it's just like you don't know anything. Like th- there was this girl on the small military base I lived on in Utah, who said, I just realized one day that in Utah, lots of people are Mormons, but outside of Utah, it's probably only like 20% of people are Mormons. Not even, right? No, like yeah. way less than that. Uh, there may be 20 total Mormons in the state <laughs> of New Hampshire. Let's right. go to the phones here. We got David also in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, there's probably as low a percentage of Mormons as there are Jews, like 2.4%. Hmm. And, uh, Build it, and they will come. Sounds like an ad for a sex toy. Did, did you see me in a <laughs> Kevin Costner movie? Uh, what? In a movie with Kevin Costner. Which movie? Swing Vote. <laughs> Didn't you see me? Swing Vote? Yeah. No, I don't know. I've never no, heard of it. Wasn't he also in, um, oh, I can't think of the Does name. Does he still oh, make Water movies? World? Yeah, he was. Does he still make movies after Water World? I'd... I don't think He's anyone involved with Water World ever recovered, yeah, I was did gonna they? Say, didn't that sink his <laughs> career? Yellowstone. He's doing Yellowstone now. Okay, all right. I, I too, like and, to uh, sue random federally owned parks. Did you say he's suing Yellowstone? He's, I think he said he's doing. Oh. Okay. Doing, doing. That's not a sexual reference either. No, um, I would be surprised if it was. Why am I the only one that laughed at David's sex jokes? Okay. I was a shocked him. <laughs> I, I wanted to oh, move no. on uh, from it. It's probably, uh, apparently it's a TV series. So Yellowstone is a uh, multi, multi-season TV series. 
Yeah. Okay. And Sarah is actually correct. You could easily do, make a San Antonio and Albuquerque because you got the Rio Grande, which actually has more cubic feet of flow than the San Antonio River does by about four times on average. And it's all on the level, so you could run that river wherever you wanted to all around downtown. And, and the fact that they were, if they wanted to store, oh, by the way, um, right here, if I go kick this barrel, this is this, that's just a couple of barrels. I got the 2,000 gallons of rainwater stored from Whoa. here uh, in the desert. I live off of rainwater. I don't haul any water. All of my water comes from the rain. Wow. I got 2,000 gallons right here. I could, wow. I could have 20,000 gallons if I, if I had the... Uh, container to put it in but don't you think if uh, they did do a san antonio style river walk in albuquerque ultimately it would be better for the poor people because it would bring attractions and jobs and stuff like that because people yeah. love the river walk in san antonio yeah yeah it would it would be very cool then they should do it and it would do all good things yes and it's not a waste of water either because if you look at uh, all, all of new mexico's water is already stored in man-made lakes um, all of their water is already stored in man-made lakes. I mean, all the surface water, not counting the, the water, people who have wells. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and, and so what is one more man-made lake? It's, it's nothing. All of the water, that, the Rio Grande, all of that water that they would be using to do their river walk and a, and a man-made lake, all of that water, if they don't use it in Albuquerque to make a man-made lake there, it just goes downstream about 80 miles to Elephant Butte Reservoir, and it sits in a man-made lake in Elephant Butte Reservoir, until they let it go out of there and it goes to Texas. Yay, Thanks geography. for calling tonight with uh, the update on the lake well, project. Appreciate I'm glad it. he had more info for us than just Sarah because I have <laughs> many questions still. By the way, apparently Kevin Costner has had a career. I haven't heard of really any of these movies, but he has been in quite a few. Well, I guess he's been in uh, Batman versus Superman. That's one I've, I've heard of, never seen it, but... I actually saw that one. That's like one superhero movie I saw. My yeah. dad wanted to watch it. Well, I mean, what is an unsuccessful Hollywood actress? Someone who only makes three hundred grand a movie or something? I mean, like I don't know. One movie every three or four years, and he's set for he's life anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, that's for sure. He's getting the bills paid. He's had a bunch of them. He could probably have retired after Field of Dreams, and probably have just been just fine if he didn't have a coke. Ha I don't know if he's got a coke habit or not. I'm not saying he does, <laughs> but if he doesn't have a coke habit or something like that, then Field of Dreams probably has him set for life anyway. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't hit seventy yet. He's in his late sixties, uh, and apparently he starred in shor a short film called Field of Dreams Two. Hmm. So there's a sequel oh, okay. to Field of Dreams. Came out in 2011, according I, to IMDb. See, because now I'm curious about the original Field of Dreams. Was it really, as I remember it, it was just some dude with a farm who was like, I'm going to play baseball with ghosts, basically? Because that's <laughs> oh, no. what I remember about it. It's like, first of all, who, who makes a movie about that? And if they do, why is it successful? Right? So now I want to go back and watch Field of Dreams just to see if... Four-year-old me had it right. It's just this dude hanging out watching ghosts play baseball, which that's a weird. Can you? That's a weird plot for a movie, man. Baseball I never seen movies it. are just terrible, but that sounds really terrible. Well, I mean, you still haven't seen the new Avatar yet. I have not, and uh, I do have an I do have an article about the new Avatar. Just it's something we haven't gotten to yet. It hasn't been as important as fireworks spans and and that sort of thing. And I'm not likely to watch the new Avatar anytime soon, yeah. unfortunately. All right. Well, we may have to talk it's about three it. and a half hours. We right? may have to talk about Good it anyway Lord. because I think you'll still be able to comment on it. You don't have to see the movie in order to comment. Is on there a the, cliff notes or like? A, can I watch a YouTube review for like ten good. minutes? That well, will okay, Ian, fill me in? Ian played a YouTube review that, of these guys. I usually think are pretty good, and I wanted nothing to do with the movie after watching listening to theirs. But when I watched the movie, I was like, wow, this is actually great. 
great. Like, it kept my attention the whole time. I'll watch the cinema sins of it. All right. Uh, you'll have to tell me what that is in a little bit. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can join us at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.